Hey everyone, I'm Jonathan Allen, proud owner of the Blowfly Bar and Grill here in Gulfport, Mississippi on beautiful Bayou Bernard, inviting all of you to come check out a great locals restaurant serving some really great burgers, seafood, and steaks. You gotta come try some of our fan favorites like the stuffed flounder, the best-selling shrimp po' boy, and our version of a great charcuterie board, the Bayou Cooterie Board. Trust me, you're gonna love it. Bring some friends. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the all-new Blowfly Bar and Grill. We welcome in the podcast side of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you for joining us as we are awaiting Bill WD-40 to lube us up for tonight's show in the chat room. We always like it when Bill is here, as Geraldine Orozco is going to be our guest here momentarily. And Kyle Smith, welcome to SOR Chat. And, uh, yeah, we got about 30 seconds before we're going to run here on everything. What a good night we're going to have tonight. You know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. Don't forget, Super Chat is open. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. And let me see here. Um, oh, shoot. Uh, yes, I can. Bear with me. Hmm. How do I do that? Oh, I know. Geraldine's locked out of her computer. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, talk stream live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and you can join us on Patreon by joining the Space Travelers Club. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find us on our website. All right. We got a power show of information tonight. We're going to talk regression therapy, aliens, and more with Geraldine Orozco on The Spiritual You. Then in hour number three, we got Steve Stockton from Among the Missing. Right after that, Super Duke is going to be here with the UFO report. All right. We are just awaiting the arrival of Geraldine Roscoe as she is having some technical issues around her computer right now. So we are waiting for her to come on in. But I'm going to warm you up a little bit here, okay? Because a week ago, a week and a half ago, 
if you were tuning on in. I actually played an almost an hour or so of a regression that Geraldine put me through in San Francisco at UFOCon back in 2021. Now, originally, she had sent this to me. However, I, I lost it. I was nervous to hear about it because I wasn't sure if it was something that I was personally prepared for. I wasn't sure if it was something that I wanted to actually go through and listen. So I forgot the password. And by the time that I was ready to say, okay, I'm ready to do this. And literally, this was about three, four months after I got locked out. I did. So I literally forgot about it for a while. And then all of a sudden, I kind of started bugging Geraldine saying, hey, I haven't heard it yet. So she eventually sent it to me. And I learned a few things about this because I'd never done regression before. I had tried it before. I had tried it once before. However, my guides, I think it was my guides. I'm pretty sure it was my guides. Okay. Literally wouldn't let me go under. It was like I got to a point where I was nice and relaxed. I'm seeing the things my regression therapist is putting me through. And then poof, I was wide awake. But with Geraldine, I think it's because I knew her for a long time at that point. We've been friends for a number of years. I think at that point when Geraldine put me under that I was actually able to relax and go through it. And we are now joined by the lovely and talented Geraldine Orozco from Bay Area Meditation in San Francisco, California. And just so you know, Geraldine, I actually played about half of the regression that you put me through on this show. The second half got a little personal for me, and I left that part out. But that first half of the regression, man, you absolutely brought out things that I had no idea I was holding inside. Good for you. How you been, my friend? I'm fantastic. Thank you. Yes, I'm so glad you got a chance to review that. I mean, it's interesting the kinds of things that we hold in the subconscious mind, which is why hypnotherapy is such a powerful modality for healing and transformation and really can rewire the brain into a new way of thinking, new way of being, new way of living. So it's, it's a really powerful thing. So I'm glad you got a chance to take a look at that. Well, you know what was interesting for me is, and I was just saying before you got here, I had never been knocked out like that before. Okay. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think it was because I had tried it once before my hypnotherapist that I was working with here locally got me so far, but I remember, I think it was my guides who just kind of put up a wall and said, that's it. We're bringing you out. and wouldn't let me go any further. And I think it had to do with the comfortability that you and I have, have known each other for a long time at that point that I was able to relax and just allow that information to actually come through. And I owe you a lot for that because there were things in there that I had no idea. And I know over the amount of questions that I have received from our audience in our chat rooms and, and comments on social media that they want to know about 
what went on and what was all about. Example, apparently I have a handler named Paul, and we're going to get into that tonight. But first, let's learn about regression therapy, because you can do past life regression. You can do regressions on all sorts of things. So let's learn about it tonight. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. So how does it happen? How does it work? So basically what we do in hypnotherapy is that you override the brain with signals and information. And essentially the override of those signals cause the brain to drop into a hypnotic state. And so this is really interesting. When we watch TV, the patterns of light flashes are specifically calculated and designed to put you in a hypnosis state. If you study and if you watch TV for several hours and you study the patterns of the lights, you pattern, you, you study the patterns in the music, the way the music rises and falls, the way that they shift from one image to another and the speed that they do, all of those are designed to put you in a hypnotic state, but with repetition, okay? So it's the same thing in hypnosis. What we're doing is we are repeating an induction, essentially, that allows the, the brain to come into the subconscious layer. We are going into a deeper brain wave in which the brain can access, the mind can access the subconscious. And this is where all of the root programs are embedded within us that are running the back end of our programs. And as, if I, as I mentioned many times, Times before what creates our reality is the subconscious mind so what we want to try to understand is what do we got going on there and most of the times what is in the subconscious mind are things that we haven't addressed things that are um, they are deep emotions sometimes that we haven't looked at we haven't um, been able to access and in cases like for example what we discovered for you Dave um, that there are compartments that the mind compartmentalizes itself based on what is necessary at any given time and sometimes in some compartmentalized areas through fragmentation through trauma essentially um, there can be alternate aspects of ourselves that are living out alternate realities essentially um, somewhat like a multiple personality but this is all subconscious in the mind um, and so, of course, we're familiar with programs like MKUltra and some of these mind uh, programs in which there can be something like a handler, in, in, in this case, that would direct subconscious and subliminal messages to us in order to act out certain ways. And that's, that's um, something that's been known in, in some of these uh, military abductions or some of these uh, uh, contact experiences that are more of the military earth kind. Um, but to go back to hypnotherapy, um, what's really powerful about hypnotherapy is that most of the time we are in hypnosis. So actually when we are driving, when we are checked out, when we are daydreaming, we are actually in a hypnotic state. And the thing about a hypnotic state is that we are highly, highly suggestible. Okay, so that's why when you watch TV, they input things uh, subliminally. So to buy things, the need to buy things, to induce the desire for something, whether it's sex, whether it's emotions, whether it's, um, you know, uh, fears, all of those things can be manipulated subliminally when we are not conscious and aware of our state. So hypnosis uh, can be used for something productive and it can also be manipulated against the mind. Wow, it's heavy. And how easy is it to 
get into someone's mind? How easy is it to allow them the opportunity to relax and just let it out? Because I know there were times when we were going through ours, I felt internally that I should hold back, but subconsciously I couldn't. Yeah. Um, you know, what's really interesting about hypnosis is that um, it's, it's almost as if we access the inner child um, and oftentimes the inner child finally has an opening for a voice. So when we have a lot of suppression of strong emotions or feelings or sensations over time, hypnosis can be a really powerful tool to access those deep subconscious beliefs and emotions, and they come to the surface. And the reason why is that it's incredibly cathartic for the human to be able to speak them, to express them, to communicate them out. And what I notice is that there is an incredible intelligence to the body um, and the mind-body connection that when people are in hypnosis, the body knows what it needs to address in order to hold the highest healing. And sometimes just by sharing something that has been suppressed, allowing that emotion to arise about whatever it is, can really cause a feeling of safety, security, and reconnection. And that's really the most important thing. Sometimes it's not so much about the information that comes up, because in these cases, sometimes we, we access memories of incredibly traumatic experiences. But surprisingly, by revisiting, by observing the emotions and letting it finally come up to the surface, the client can receive incredible healing and transformation where they don't feel that they have to repeat that program, um, you know, constantly blocking them from moving on forward in their lives. So um, it's, it's, uh, it's very, uh, the body, in other words, to answer the question, the body has an intelligence and normally, uh, we, I ask my clients to create questions, but really what needs to come up for the human will come up in the session organically. And usually it'll be exactly what we go to immediately. Um, and uh, some, some of these healing experiences, um, they can be past lives, they can be present day experiences, but the key is that if you study the patterns of these experiences that are coming up, it's actually addressing core wounds and core emotions that really need healing. So um, it's really great that they can come up and we can address them. All right, Geraldine, how did you learn to regress people? Yeah, so um, I am a certified clinical hypnotherapist, and I, I'm part of the AHA, uh, which is the American Hypnosis Association. Um, I trained in HMI in Southern California and many years practicing and training under medical hypnosis um, over the past 10 years now. Now it's going to be 10 years. So, um, you know, for me, actually, what, what uh, got me into it was my own hypnosis. When someone did hypnosis on me, and it completely transformed my life. For me, it baffled me the idea that I was able to access an infinite source of information simply by being put into a hypnotic state. Um, so I wanted to understand how that functioned. And if I could do it, most certainly anybody can do that. Um, and so the amount of transformation that it caused me just really pull, pulled me towards learning about the subconscious mind, how our brain functions, how do we hold memories, how do those memories affect us, and how do they come to the surface. Um, so, you know, there are many different induction uh, processes, um, and I there are a couple that are my favorite. 
Um, but we can do rapid induction, you know, we can do progressive, which to me is actually the most productive to do progressive induction um, because it allows uh, the client to create trust and rapport in, in this process. Um, and safety, as you mentioned, is number one. If you don't trust your therapist, you will definitely not um, be able to access things as deep as you would like to. Um, and another thing I want to mention is that hypnosis and the way that we work with that is progressive. Um, so you might have, you might need to do a couple hypnotherapy sessions to be able to get to really, really core things, just like you experienced, Dave. Sometimes, you know, with the first hypnotherapist didn't quite work, but once the mind understands, and I would love to hear your feedback on this, the ability to surrender completely and just allow things to flow is the key even if you think you're speaking things that are crazy or just strange or don't really make sense, you enter into a stream of consciousness and it organizes itself after that the mental jumble um, is kind of uh, uh, organized. Um, and this happens very commonly in my sessions. Okay, so when you put somebody under, what are you searching for from beginning to end? Um, well, uh, for, for me, it's absolutely what my, um, what my client is looking to address at that time. So, for example, if they, they are experiencing a life-paralyzing fear of speaking or, or uh, you know, going out in public or, you know, and it's stagnating their work, they can't get a relationship, they can't um, heal their bodies, you know, their body starts to show some illnesses. Um, so we want to get to the core root of those issues. And hypnotherapy is really powerful to access those core roots, because again, we get into the really subconscious programs. And sometimes some of these traumas are so deep that the human doesn't even remember the, the access point of when they took on the trauma as a child. Sometimes our brain blocks memories um, to the extent where we can't even access the memories. So hypnotherapy works in order to access those um, either directly or indirectly by accessing a past life. Um, what I tend to find is that clients that access past life memories, actually they're healing current life blockages and that's really important because they will they will tend to go to the past life that is mirroring the same blockage that they're having in this current life and it can be illnesses you know i've, I've seen people heal their body from like illnesses just by going into some of these hypnotherapies um so the whole point is with my client um in the beginning of the session we kind of discuss questions i have you write some questions what are you looking for what can how can i be of service to you and we kind of go through those questions to kind of create and formulate a session. And from there, um, as I take you into the session, I will insert the questions that you are asking to help you reach your goal in your healing, whatever that is, mind, body, and soul. Um, so we just work together. It's a collaboration. Um, and I also want to add that because I am um, intuitive, you know, I merge with you. So I'm seeing everything that you're seeing. And essentially, this is kind of like a, a teamwork that we are working on unraveling some of these memories to allow you to get to some healing. Yeah. Well, you know what? I learned a lot about myself during that because it was something I hadn't trusted. But I knew that I could trust you because of our friendship and our long relationship here on Spaced Out Radio. So I felt 
like I was in good hands. You also just mentioned the fact that, you know, when you're choosing a therapist, if you don't feel comfortable, you know, you can time yourself out and say, look, this isn't working for me and go find someone else. Why is it important to have somebody there that you can trust with your most intimate feelings or history? Yeah, it's incredibly important. I mean, one of the, the main uh, things that humans feel is, is a profound uh, feeling of loneliness and disconnect from the collective, you know, and, and, and really what that really boils down to is a disconnect of the self. Um, and so when we are battling with that, um, you know, we haven't learned the tools to be able to provide a safe space, even for our own personal truth in our own life. Um, so this is something that if a person isn't working proactively to build, um, much less go into a session where we're going to access the subconscious mind, where you might discover parts of yourself that you actually might judge. You might actually see parts of yourself that you think are horrible or not nice or um, impure in some way. This is very common. Um, and it's usually the reason why people have a hard time in meditation. They cannot sit in meditation because in meditation you have all these things that have been sitting there and pestering for a long time finally rise to the surface and most people don't know how to handle those strong emotions and thoughts um, so in a hypnotherapy to create a safe container for you to be able to navigate those strong emotions beliefs and even revisit terrible memories that have occurred in your life is incredibly important for you um, you also have to have a qualified person that can hold space and help you navigate through the terrible um, emotional uh, transformation of those difficult uh, memories into something productive um, and really if the therapist hasn't done their own personal work where they are familiar with the ins and out of that transformation process, um, you might feel left like hanging. Um, they will allow the emotion to come up, but they won't really know how to lead you into a transformation. Um, so that's really, really important to have a, a therapist that can do that. One of the other fears that I've always heard from people about going into hypnotherapy is that, you know, oh, well, these people, they guide you into the answers that you're looking for. And one of the things that I pointed out in your session with me is... Hey everyone, I'm Jonathan Allen, proud owner of the Blowfly Bar and Grill here in Gulfport, Mississippi on beautiful Bayou Bernard, inviting all of you to come check out a great locals restaurant serving some really great burgers, seafood, and steaks. You gotta come try some of our fan favorites like the stuffed flounder, the best-selling shrimp po' boy, and our version of a great charcuterie board, the Bayou Cooterie Board. Trust me, you're gonna love it. Bring some friends. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the all-new Blowfly Bar and Grill. Hey, Diane. Holiday shopping? All done. Everyone's getting the new iPhone 15 from T-Mobile, and T-Mobile's covering the cost. Plus, I got four lines for $25 a line per month. I got to get to T-Mobile. Get four iPhone 15s on us with eligible trade-in when you switch to T-Mobile. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After listening to the questions, you never guided me. You were just asking pointed questions at, that you wanted answers for that we had discussed afterwards. I mean, there is there a, a concern that people should have about being led astray during these sessions? 
Yes. Um, when people are trying to use the client for information digging, this is very dangerous in a way um, because uh, people will be put under hypnosis and sometimes the therapist will kind of jump in and ask personal questions about themselves or ask themselves personal uh, questions about something that they're curious about. Um, and that can be um, intrusive for the for the individual because um, the individual, um, you know, in the subconscious mind, there are parts of us that also seek approval, also seek acceptance. And those can sometimes be confused um, with what is necessary for the client to have healing in that moment. So I do notice this a lot with, with hypnotherapies that sometimes, uh, hypnotherapists, that sometimes they cross the ethical boundaries between what is necessary. I mean, hypnotherapy is for the healing of the individual, period, full stop. And that's what it should be focused on. Um, another part of it is that sometimes uh, there are information mining. So because we are connecting to the subconscious and the collective, as I mentioned, we have an access source to the infinite potential of information. Um, and um, this is wonderful and it's necessary for every human to exercise that connection and the information that comes through. Um, but uh, sometimes therapists will mine for information. Um, and that's where things can potentially go into leading if the therapist isn't skilled enough to ask the questions in a way that will allow the client um, not be dictated by subtle uh, emotional influxes or, um, you know, just questions that can guide subconsciously the answer, you know. Um, like, for example, isn't it, like, I'm just going to give you a random example. Isn't it true that uh, those aliens are bad and, um, you know, how should we handle them or something like this? Um, you know, that will immediately insert an idea and then ask for supporting evidence um, I, I have noticed that in some therapists, and that's some way to guide um, that I would normally um, advise people to ask blank questions, unless it's exactly what the client wants to know. Um, yeah, so so there are some ethical boundaries there that are really, really important. And I think that the focus has to be on the individual. What does the individual need in order to heal and come into their highest expression? Um, and that, that should be the focus more than anything. Geraldine Orozco is a spiritual you. We're going to continue with hypnotherapy. And I have some questions about mine for Geraldine. And we're going to get into that and more on the spiritual you right here on spaced out radio stay tuned we will be right back is that an orange pico you're drinking tonight <laughs> this is rose tea rose uh, tea oh uh, see it looks orange on the, uh, here okay yeah it so does that. look orange yeah it's actually rose tea it's really good mm -hmm. how are you dave great to see you i am great it's starting to get cold up here, so I've mm -hmm. actually had to start wearing a sweater. Good, good. You yeah. know, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, going into the forest to look for Sasquatch twice this w weekend, so that'll be fun. Oh, beautiful! And uh, mm. uh, in two different locations. So, in both locations, we've had action. So that'll be fun. Yeah, that's wonderful. <clears throat> yeah. And well, the snow is falling. I think it's going to be falling soon. 
I think it's going to be falling soon. I'm ready for it, though. I'm ready for it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm very ready for it and and uh, looking forward to uh, having uh, um, the snow come back until April. Yeah. yeah, this year flew by so fast. It's, I can't believe it's November. That's it. Year's over. I know. <laughs> One more. What, are you yeah, getting, what are you getting amazing. me for Christmas? What am I getting you for Christmas? Yep, yep. <laughs> what do you what do you want for Christmas? Whatever you want. What what yeah. what I want? I want to show the audience your one bedroom that is full of shoes. I want no, a picture of it. No, I'm teasing. You're gonna to have to imagine that in hypnosis because uh, it doesn't exist. <laughs> um, no, no, I actually do have a major request that okay, because is- last year we didn't get to do it. Um, mm-hmm. When I'm in San Francisco for for UFO Con. I believe it's going to be at the end of March. We're going for dinner to hang out as buddies. All right. We will do that. Yeah. So that's that's my request. All right. Awesome. March. March coming up. Yeah. 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 See? Mike Bothwell. Show us the shoes. (laughs) Show us the shoes. There are no shoes. Stop asking me for shoes. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. She, Geraldine's the only one I know with a three-bedroom condo that has one for her bed, one for her shoes, and one for her amazing outfits. Wall to wall to wall. This is all imagination. It's Dave's imagination. (laughs) Oh, you know I love you. You know I love you. You know. Uh, Let's see here. Uh-huh. So, how you been? A great um working um got a little bit sick actually last last week and um been recovering from that just little tiny sick little bump in the road um and then I'm back and so this weekend actually it's Disclosure Fest in Las Vegas so I'll be going I there. I was hoping to uh, get to that. Oh, that's too bad that you're not coming. So so many people are supposedly showing up there. It's yeah, something that one. That's the one I wanted to go to. I got to talk to Jimmy about that for next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should come for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be. I think it'll be a good time. I really do. Yeah. So anybody in the audience, if you guys are in Vegas or if you can make it out there, you know, definitely come check it out. It'd be great to see you guys. I'll be speaking on Sunday. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that's at the Luxor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the Luxor. I'm mm-hmm. going to give you... Are you staying at the Luxor? No, no. But I, I hear it's so beautiful. I actually haven't been there since I was like 16, so I, I really don't know. You know, the, the Luxor has one of the highest suicide rates in Vegas at a casino because it, because of the way the rooms are that you can people. Who, wow. My yeah. gosh. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I heard, um, and this is Very a little haunted. going into Very dark haunted. things. I heard that the way that Luxor is set up is geometrically an inversion of energy in some ways. And yeah. that might actually trigger a lot of stuff. So, um, 
Yeah, that that's very unfortunate. My and, gosh. and you know what's right across the street? What's across? Janet Airlines. That takes I you. Don't, oh. Janet for uh, Janet, Area Fifty One. Yes. 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 Yeah. And uh, my advice is, if you're drinking at the Luxor, stand on the outside of the, uh, against the wall of the elevator. Because going up is a little difficult. Here we go. Second half hour. Second half hour of Space Down Radio is now underway. Good to have Geraldine Orozco and the Spiritual You continuing tonight, which is always a popular show that we do. Reminder to all of you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon by joining the SOR Space Travelers Club. Here we go again, Geraldine Orozco and the Spiritual You. We are talking about regression therapy tonight. More importantly, my regression with Geraldine, her website, GeraldineOrozco.com. Thank you for being here, my friend. Thank you so much once again. And we should point out to our radio audience, you will be in Las Vegas this coming yeah. weekend for Disclosure Fest at the Luxor, a three-night event, which is going to be absolutely awesome. I wish I could be there. I can't find my passport, so that's my fault right now. It's somewhere in my house. Somewhere in my house. Just can't find it. Oh, darn. Well, next time. Yeah, so if you guys are in, in Vegas, please do check it out. I'll be speaking on Sunday and also an Experience Your Panel on Friday. So excited to see you guys there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So right before the break, we were learning about regression therapy, the purpose of it, the reasoning behind it. And we're going to get into mine a little bit here because there was something that, a couple of things that really tripped me out about the regression. And I know that I'm going to forget some things. So and our audience in our YouTube chat is much smarter than me. So I will open up your questions about what we heard on my regression therapy the other uh, few nights ago when, when I played it for you guys last week. So the one that really stuck out for me was the fact that apparently I have a handler named Paul. So, what is a handler? Um, okay, so... Uh, this goes a little bit into uh, the phenomena of, of contactees and experiencers and people that have highly active DNA genetic bloodlines um, that have been targeted and utilized um, for highly sensitive abilities like psychic abilities, the ability to connect to other dimensions, especially other beings, interdimensional beings, ETs, um, uh, 
extraterrestrials, essentially interdimensionals is what I call them. Um, but people that have the ability to connect with the other dimensions in these in these capabilities um, usually have the ability since childhood and it's embedded and encoded in their genetic lineage. Uh, it means sometimes you will find this in families that are military families. Okay. So they, they have been involved with the military for many generations. Um, and there's always one or two of the, of the children that go past down the, the heritage that are holding these special bloodlines of awakened consciousness, activated DNA. They have the ability to access these interdimensional realms. And for that purpose, usually recruited at a very early age to be participate in programs such as some of these, um, uh, you know, uh, military programs. Um, this is where uh, sometimes people experience military abductions or in the astral layer, in the astral dream state, um, they are recruited in the astral body to carry out certain special programs. A lot of people um, will claim that they are being trained in UFO flight. You know, sometimes they're taken in underground bases as children. Um, they are tested for their psychic abilities. They are utilized in these ways. And so for some of these children that are highly, highly uh, productive in these abilities, um, sometimes they are singled out and sometimes they will be uh, if they are very proactive in their contact experiences, they will be utilized and, and a handler will be um, assigned to them. Uh, a handler uh, is in charge uh, because these children participate in these programs. The primary way of maintaining these programs separate and compartmentalized from their everyday life is by creating altars. Okay, the altars are created by fragmentation, fractalization, fractalization through trauma or sometimes, sometimes hypnosis, um, well, every time hypnosis abilities, just as I mentioned, it can be, it can be utilized in nefarious ways to create compartmentalized personalities, much like the film, uh, The Manchurian Candidate. If you guys have watched that film, um, where the gentleman that is running for presidency um, essentially is triggered in and out of a certain state in which an alternate personality rises up, is programmed to carry out certain experiences, and then turned back on. And the person, the two different personalities, will not remember the things that each other have done. Okay, so so this is a so this is something that happens to some individuals um, that are highly highly active and. Um, usually there is involvement and military abductions. There's a history of that, whether they know it or not. If you, if you study those experiences, you begin to identify some of the markers of these kinds of activities. Um, and the handler essentially will guide and um, utilize this individual uh, or an asset in order to carry out certain agendas or to infiltrate certain, uh, you know, groups in which they are into. Um, this can be anything. It can be social groups. It can be government groups. If they're working for the government, it can be private groups. It can even be the, in, the uh, you know, the spiritual community, whatever it can be. Um, some of these handlers don't always have the best interest in that they will carry out certain agendas by utilizing and manipulating the individual. So the handler would be the one that would handle um, the subject into subconsciously programming certain activities or gaining information through their everyday activities. 
Um, so kind of in a nutshell, that's kind of how that functions. And it's very common in the contactee community, actually. Um, I've experienced it with many of my experiencers that didn't realize that they had handlers. Um, but there seems to be, especially for those that come public or to speak, speak up about these experiences, that somehow there is a cross intersection between uh, the contactee and the military at some point. Um, because obviously the military is very, very interested in people that have contact experiences and maintain a very close proximity and observation of these individuals. Um, and I just want to finish this part to mention that it's not something to be afraid of, um, but it is necessary to understand the mechanics of our subconscious mind and the sovereignty that we have as individuals to activate our consciousness and higher faculties to break away from the programs that are more parasitic and to create really strong boundaries and cloaking from some of these governmental institutions that could carry out negative things. So um, that's just kind of an overview. Okay, so as I learn about Paul, how would I go about even trying to learn about who the, who or what this Paul guy is? Yeah, so some of the things that I, I would suggest in this case, um, and I've, you're, I've, I've had many cases where people have identified that they have a handler type um, of scenario, um, take a look at some marker memories, okay? So what are marker memories? Marker memories are really vivid memories, but they are fragments of memories that you have of events or scenarios that felt off or strange um, that would include some kind of phenomena like missing time, for example, um, situations in which, uh, you know, you have met um, a common indicator is that people meet somebody that seems to be from the government or they feel like they're being followed or watched. Um, it also can go into certain experiences where people are, are feeling that they're being uh, followed by uh, black helicopters. This is, this is not something that people are making up. Like literally people do experience that they feel that they are being watched or monitored by that. Um, and I do feel that this is very deeply connected to the uh, handler uh, part of, of, of contactees experience. Um, also, m pay attention to your dream state and the kind of experiences that you're having in out-of-body experiences. Because the way that this technology is actually carried out is actually working with the subconscious mind and there is a profound access to the body in out-of-body states. So when they are in astral plane is when the individual becomes very easy to manipulate and to bring into these some of these um, alternate dimensional states uh, in which they carry out certain programs, okay? Um, so yeah, and then, and then uh, take a look at some of your abduction or contact experiences of your past do some of these seem more militaristic? Do some of them seem more uh, underground base-like? Um, you know, do they look like you're looking at technology from the 50s or maybe just more terrestrial technology as opposed to interdimensional or really holographic or highly advanced technology, which isn't always the case for some of these military uh, groups? Um uh, and, the, and of course, there there is also a cross section with individuals that are visiting other planets in alternate states. Okay, and it could be that these projects or 
Um, they have prolonged dreams over years where they continuously revisit a different planet and they're carrying out certain activities in these planets. Um, I tend to find that some of my contactees that have these experiences are also combined with kind of handler situations, whether it's someone that's monitoring the progress that they're doing um, or reporting back or some kind of shadow government that somehow manages some of these things that are occurring in dream state. So it is it is a very interesting phenomena, but just those are some of the things that I would pay attention to. Okay, so I don't recall having any dreams or thoughts of, of the military being around during my abductions or anything along those lines. You know, could Paul not be human could paul be yep. a reference to an extraterrestrial yes 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 um so this takes us to the other part of these kinds of handler situations um that sometimes we are actually dealing with interdimensional uh, intelligence or consciousness um, that we have some kind of contractual agreements with. And sometimes these interdimensional beings will present themselves as a handler or will function like a handler, but it could somehow be a fraction of your higher self or your subconscious uh, collective um, that is communicating and utilizing this interface of a handler in order to communicate with you, um, in order to carry out certain things or to help you in your navigation. Um, it really just depends on your relationship with your handler um, and what kinds of things follow. Hey everyone, I'm Jonathan Allen, proud owner of the Blowfly Bar and Grill here in Gulfport, Mississippi on beautiful Bayou Bernard, inviting all of you to come check out a great locals restaurant serving some really great burgers, seafood, and steaks. You gotta come try some of our fan favorites like the stuffed flounder, the best-selling shrimp po' boy, and our version of a great charcuterie board, the Bayou Couterie Board. Trust me, you're gonna love it. Bring some friends. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the all-new Blowfly Bar and Grill. Hey, Diane. Holiday shopping? All done. Everyone's getting the new iPhone 15 from T-Mobile, and T-Mobile's covering the cost. Plus, I got four lines for $25 a line per month. I gotta get to T-Mobile. Get four iPhone 15s on us with eligible trade-in when you switch to T-Mobile. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com as a result of the directions or the exchanges that you're having. Now, you know, a question I would ask is, you know, do you recall the nature of the relationship that you have had, or do you remember what came up in the session um, that usually is, is related with the handler? Do you know if it's something that, you know, was it something supportive? Did it feel like something supportive or did it feel like something intrusive? And that's where I would kind of direct um, where, you know, where to look at. Well, you know what? Maybe you're going to have to regress me again and we figure out who Paul is. Okay, yeah. That might be one that uh, we're going to have to do. One of the other things that I brought up was about California, that I mentioned that Central California would crack and break off. It's weird because I'm so not a conspiracy theorist about something along those lines. I don't even recall why I would say something like that. Like, that just seems way too woo for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you know, um, as with everything, you know, because we are so open to an infinite potential of information, we have to kind of take the information with a grain of salt, but also be respectful towards the information that you're receiving. Um, sometimes these informations can be predictory. Sometimes they can be some information about future potential scenarios. Um, sometimes they could be timelines that are potential, uh, possible future timelines that humanity can access. Um, and I always tell my clients to respect what they get, but don't hold it as absolute truth. Um, and also maybe take a look at some of the information and the meaning around some of these things that are being uh, expressed. Maybe it's not meant to be taken in a literal sense. Maybe it, meant, it means a division of some kind um, uh, or, or just an energetic split that will be occurring or even a war or something, something like that, you know? So, um, what I what I tell my clients is that meditation is absolutely essential in order to to deep dive into the information that you're getting, um, and take a look at you know what are some of your subconscious beliefs that you have around the subject, um, and sometimes people can find really powerful information there. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's all very valuable, and even if it sounds something woo or something strange. It is specifically for you in a certain way. So we have to understand what that is. It just takes a little deep reconnection and retrospect. Mm -hmm. Okay. Another thing that popped up, and I laughed about this, was apparently my crush for Katy Perry came through. My celebrity crush. <laughs> but I, I, I recall in, in from listening that allegedly Katy Perry and I have met on craft. Mm. I said she's... Yeah. She li she's listened to the show, but she has no idea who I am. Mm. So mm -hmm. I, I found that to be kind of funny because, you know, it, it is it is believed that Katy Perry allegedly is an E.T. abductee. Yes. And she's mm -hmm. sung about aliens a number of times in her songs. So, mm -hmm. I mean, when you hear something like that, to me... I don't know how to believe that because on this world, it's so out of touch with reality that it, it, it's kind of weird that I would say something like that under hypnotherapy. But if I look at it from the grand scape, who knows what happens and who you're meeting up there because it's the groups that choose their people. Exactly. Exactly. Well, okay, so I, I will mention this. Look, um, your hypnotherapy will be more successful the more you clear up your subconscious mind. Okay, what do I mean by that? And I know this as a fact just because personally um, I, I've experimented with this myself to see if it's true. Um, the more that you clean your mind from radio, television, all these things, the more pure your channel becomes. Um, the more you manage and master your emotions, the more pure your uh, your ability to discern and your intuition becomes, okay, in, in these. So one suggestion I will give people if you're considering having a hypnotherapy, do the shadow work to clear up all that junk that's there, okay? Now, I know Dave, I know he does a lot of work internally, and I know he doesn't have a lot of that stuff in his, in his mind just floating around. So... Um, the way that I access this information with him, um, you know, 
I really felt very strongly. And I mean, even I had completely forgotten about that. But when you bring it up, like I remember the flash of the image of you being in the craft with her, like that's super vivid to me. Um, and so this, this is the thing where we have to understand, you know, what happens in these dimensional planes and these alternate worlds, you know, we can't really reason in the, with our human mind. Um, but we are more deeply interconnected than we know. And the ones that are uh, vocal about their contact experience, we actually recognize each other from being on these crafts sometimes. Um, and, um, you know, I, I believe that we are attracted to people and we group together, whether you know it or not, you're in the vicinity of people that are in resonance with you and that you have experienced interdimensional activities with. Um, this is part of the morphogenetic field. It's how we stored memory, ancestral memory. We are holding on to interdimensional contact in that ancestral memory and it will rise to the surface eventually. So it's really not too far off, in my opinion, really, um, that just like we have ancestral roots that all go back to one origin, we also have ancestral interdimensional contact that we, we all seem to be sharing. Certain bloodline groups are sharing collectively. I do feel that this actually was true for you, Dave. I really, truly feel that that was actually something true. Really? Just because... Yeah, just because your your lineage, and I don't know if you remember about your lineage, uh, your interdimensional lineage, it's really important to pay attention to our roots, who we have underlying in our subconscious mind, and our genetic makeup, um, our alien DNA, essentially, will tell us a lot about the vibrational lineage that we come from. And there are certain royal families that have been here for a very long time, um, which you participate in yourself, Dave. Um, and so a lot of these ancient thing, practices bring people up to have lifetimes where they're very public, like what you're experiencing in this lifetime. Okay, so it's not too far off um, the role that you're playing. Very, very cool. We got about three and a half minutes before we have to go to break here at the top of the hour. Geraldine Orozco of The Spiritual You continues with this. And you know, uh, one of the things that I was talking about an object, according to Shelley, I was talking about an object that they wanted returned. It might, I think it, she made another comment um, about being a white feather or something along those lines. So it's to me, I, I have no idea what the object is. Now, at one point, I actually felt that a UFO left an object for me. This is the landing I had back on that I witnessed back on April 10th, 2014. However, mm -hmm. I was never able to find that object. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I searched and I searched for it in that in that farmyard. So I'm not sure. Like if I look around my studio, I have nothing that would be considered alien around here. Outside of maybe my my alien light and, and a few books or something and drawings, but nothing that would be from them physically. Physically, <laughs> keyword physical. True. <laughs> yeah. So how would I look for that? How do I know if I'm even in possession of it? Yeah, you simply have to look in your field. Okay, all of the things, and so. Receiving gifts from interdimensional beings is actually very common, 
It's a very common thing. And it's very important that the receiver makes sense and downloads the information of what they're receiving and what it's for. Um, and I think for you, it's more than just a, it's an, an object. I think it's an entire realm of consciousness that you had tapped into from that moment forward um, that even directed your life in the direction that you're going, really. Um, and I see this a lot. I feel that the kind of things that we're receiving from our councils, um, which is a holographic projection of our ancestral alien lineage, our DNA essentially, allows us the ability to access information that always activates us into an initiation. It's an initiation that's occurring. So I would suggest, um, just based on my experience, that if you look within your field, if you take a look, download the information, I think it's more than just physical object, probably an interdimensional initiation for you. But you can you need to see that. You need to see if that's true for you in with your own work. Well, it, it was a very interesting uh, mm -hmm. time, to say the least. And mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure there's more we could probably go over but we are running out of time on this end because when we return after the break here on spaced out radio geraldine i think we got to get into you know the alien side of this because there is the dave side of this but there's also the extraterrestrial side which a lot of people go through on a daily basis yourself included and mm -hmm. i think it's important to try and figure out what this all means what's it all about because right now after listening to that, I feel like I've gone actually backwards to learn to move forwards again. And, yes, maybe, yes. and maybe that's the point. Maybe it's not. But I do know this. We are going to go to break here at the top of the hour. Geraldina Roscoe and the Spiritual You happens near the beginning of each month here on the Mighty SOR. And we love Geraldine around here and the knowledge that she brings to this show month in month out her website geraldinarosco.com you want to check it on out if you're in san francisco you can even get a healing regression therapy from her spaced out radio continues right after this strong hour very strong hour crazy <laughs> crazy all right i'm gonna take a quick break here i'm gonna put you in the green room and i will be right back okay all right <clears throat> be right back people
Alright. Well, I just had the crap scared out of me. <laughs> oh, God, I love living in nature. Geraldine can pop in when she's ready. Well, Shelly, fill me in. Fill me in. Forbidden history, grisly ghosts, monstrous cryptids, and harrowing folklore dominate Japan's history and culture. Mysterious Japan is a bi-weekly podcast presenting these spine-chilling horror stories, urban legends, and unbelievable histories in a campfire story format. Many of these tales have never been presented in English before. Our journey takes place where dark history and supernatural folklore collide. Mysterious Japan is produced, written, and translated by recognized Japan expert Dr. Heath Avey. Season 1 relates the unbelievable legends and ghost stories from the so-called suicide forest. Listen to Mysterious Japan for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at themysteriousjapan.com and be transported by unbelievable stories where the lines between reality and folklore become blurred in the shadowlands of Japan. Once again, that's themysteriousjapan.com. Got your question, Paramarv. Um, Mike, can you repost it? It's hard for me to scroll back. Uh, thank you, Catherine, for the super chat tonight. It is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis, so thank you. D. Henderson, thank you for joining us. Better late than never. That is true. Yes, uh, Geraldine is an amazing soul. She is like a sister to me. I love her to death. I do. And uh, reminder to all of you that uh, you could join our Space Travelers Club for as low as five bucks a month. The link is below in the YouTube uh, description of the show, as well as uh, our store is open on our website, spacedoutradio.com. Remember, folks, we do not have ugly swag. We do not have ugly swag, which is always, always good. Here we go with hour number two. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with hour number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate Earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, talk stream live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Salsuginous. Salsuginous is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night. 
right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon by joining the SOR Space Travelers Club. We continue on with Geraldine Orozco and the spiritual you, the ET connection that we have that we can learn through regression therapy. And I got to tell you a little creepy story here, Geraldine. Just happened. Just happened. So I go outside during the break because there's been northern lights around here recently, and I I haven't seen them in a while. So I figured, you know what, I'm going to go outside and check it on out. Well... As I'm staring up at the sky, I hear footstep, 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 footstep. And I turn and I look, and in the darkness, about eight feet away from me, is a beautiful deer walking (laughs) right past me. Oh, gosh, how beautiful. Yeah, that mama, her babies are around somewhere. But but it scared me because... (laughs) At this time of year, you don't know what really is back there, you know. And considering, <laughs> yeah. considering my my eyes hadn't dilated to the dark, and I'm thinking that's not a bear, too big for a cougar. Okay, we got deer. We got deer. Deer is safe. Yes, about eight yes. feet away from me. Wow, interesting confirmation, I think. You know, sometimes animals come into our space to confirm things. So think about what you were thinking in that moment. Maybe they were confirming something. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. maybe. Yeah. I, and I know there's not a lot of animals where you live, except for people, you know. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I actually relocated to an area that's really close to nature. And there's a lot of amazing, I, I live in front, right, right in front of the beach. And so it's like whales. We get whales all the time. And I can actually really? see them. Like, yeah, I really? Yeah, I have never seen a whale. Oh, you ever. have to. Well, I have, have an aquarium. But, you know, it's funny. <laughs> I lived on, when I started my radio career, I lived on Vancouver Island for two years. And there would be all these pictures of, oh, did you see the whales yesterday? And it was always yesterday, yesterday. And I would go back to the spot where they were and no whales. Hey, Diane, holiday shopping? All done. Everyone's getting the new iPhone 15 from T-Mobile and T-Mobile's covering the cost. Plus, I got four lines for 25 bucks a line per month. I got to get to T-Mobile. Get four iPhone 15s on us with eligible trade-in when you switch to T-Mobile. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. As a nurse, the one thing you don't do is stand still. You're always going, doing, helping, thinking, solving, saving. Your nursing career shouldn't stand still either. Post University can help you move it forward from RN to BSN, from BSN to MSN, even from MSN to DNP. Learn more about our accredited programs at post.edu. Start taking steps toward an advanced degree. Apply now to Post University. Post makes it personal. No whales. Never saw I saw Coolest thing I, I did see, though, was I was catching a ferry to Vancouver Island one day to go home and literally saw a giant pod of porpoises. There had to be like 
200, 300 porpoises. Oh my gosh. And they were wow. all, they were all doing that, you know, the, the whole jumping in front of the boat. Uh, I mean, it was incredible. Absolutely wow. incredible. So yeah. that, that was kind of cool. But so magical to see whales. If you can try, when next time you go to California, you can do whale watching in Monterey and Half Moon Bay. It's, it's just amazing. It's yeah, magical. Yeah, but the problem is there's great whites out there. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And usually I, in a boat and yeah. usually safe. But <laughs> yeah, I'm not taking that chance. I'll, I'll look at them through binoculars from shore. It's safe you there. Can. But uh, yeah. the amount of sharks that are in the water around San Francisco, Dave ain't even dipping a pinky toe in that water. Because as soon as I dip a pinky toe in the ocean water of San Francisco, that fin is coming right out of the water, and it's coming right for me. Because unlike you, I'm a meal. Okay, you're not even you're not even an appetizer. I'm a full meal. Oh man. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, let's get to the aliens thing here, because. The regression therapy is one thing, but the ET contact side is another. And during the regression that I went through with you, the one thing that I learned was there was an extraterrestrial part to this. The connections, the messages. Uh, to me, a lot of the messages seem to be in code, which I don't really understand because half the time I was snoring, and I apologize about that, by the way. Oh, I'm embarrassed by that. But nonetheless, what are these codes or, or these words, or why is it so hard to translate what the ETs have put into us? Well, it's all about vibrational frequency. So I, I will say this. If you weren't in resonance with these beings to begin with, you would not even have interaction. Okay, so um, definitely you are in resonance with them. You have some kind of contractual agreement. And I remember, like now it's coming vivid back, um, the incredible messages that you received were definitely deeply encoded. And there's a lot of meaning in that. And this is where we start to look at some of the ancient practices of numerology, um, taking a look at, you know, ge geometry, um, many different aspects of decoding some of this information can play a really powerful role in your understanding with the, of the messages. But in, in my opinion, the best way to understand these messages is by shifting vibrational frequency to be in as much of alignment with the information as possible. How do you do that? Um, in my in my experience, um, uh, and, and this happens a lot for contactees, sometimes they will receive encrypted messages. It can be numerical. Sometimes they can see symbols. Um, sometimes they can receive numerical codes or shapes and sounds, frequencies. Um, and when they receive the information, it'll feel overwhelming. It'll feel like it's information. They know it's information, but they don't know what it is. And it isn't until years later that sometimes they look back at that information and it gets clear. It becomes clear. So the best way to understand this is, first of all, um, there's an agreement being made here. You have some work to do with these beings, and they are calling you to action to pay attention. That means that preparation is required. It's number one preparation is vibrational frequency. We have to align to the vibrational frequency of these beings in order to be able to download and get clear about what is being shared. Part two is that you're already communicating and you're already doing what you need to do with them in your astral plane because when you're sleeping, 
which is why you were in deep sleep, you're leaving the body. And that's actually where you can experience vividly the kinds of things that you are channeling through. Um, so cultivation of your out of body is incredibly important. As much as we practice presence and training in the physical body and waking state, we have to do that in the dream state so that these messages can become clearer and clearer over time. Um, the next part is that begin to take a look at the connection between the beings the history of your relationship with these beings, and then take a look and see if you had any other further interactions with them from that experience until today, um, to take a look at maybe the trail uh, to begin to investigate what is your relationship with these beings? Um, what is it that they seem to want to communicate to you or through you? Remember that these beings are an extension of yourself. Um, so in some way, Aspects of yourself are speaking through the beings. You are interacting with them. Um, another thing that's really important is that sometimes in deep meditation, you can begin to download just by reviewing the codes and the information that you got. I have clients that write it down. Sometimes they're artists. They, they create drawings. And through meditation of looking at the symbols or the numerical, the numbers or the shapes or repeating it. So you have a recording. Um, in, in your case, I would listen to that over and over again. Sometimes the information is telepathic. So you will receive images, feelings and sensations and emotions that begin to arise as you tune into that information. So that's a really key thing to pay attention. What comes up for you? Um, people start to get memories. Sometimes they recall memories that they, ha they hadn't recalled before. Um, and then that tunes into the rabbit hole of information that they need. Um, another thing is that sometimes people are receiving activations and initiations that need to be applied in future times. So sometimes they're receiving directives about how to change their life, how to change their business in the direction that will help humanity in a greater way. Um, and I think that, you know, um, for you, Dave, it could be that you have a very strong bond between these beings and your life purpose, and that your life purpose is somehow supported and directed by some of these things um, in order to help you be of service to humanity. Um, so I think that's, that can be very much um, a, a key to change the business, expand, you know, whatever it is that's available to you um, can be available as you as you unpack some of these things. Um also, um, another thing is that they are potential timelines. They are potential timelines for your future. So if you understand what's being shared with you there, sometimes one tiny little change in your life can send you in a completely different timeline. And that timeline can really activate rapid growth for you, change, healing, whatever, whatever it is that you're looking for. Um, so you know, there's different facets. And if you study what I'm sharing with you, they're like different frequencies of reading, like a bigger picture of what you're receiving. So, um, yeah, that's how I would put it. Okay. So, you know, it is once again about trying to decipher and find the message. So I will go back over it and yeah. from start to finish. And I feel like I, I should take notes this time and try and figure figure everything out. You know, why do okay so for somebody like me who has very sporadic et contact okay the last contact i had was back in july and i don't recall having anything since then but because for me it seemed it has seemed so sporadic over the years 
does that even matter to the connection that I have with what is going on out there? Remember, you're talking about conscious contact that you remember. <laughs> okay, so actually, you're a contactee, you're wide open, okay? Now, our fears, the fear of the unknown, the fear that we have of not having control, the fear that we have being helpless, the fear that we have of dealing with things that are more powerful than us, perceiving them as they are more powerful as, not that they are, but the human tends to believe that advanced technology or strange looking beings are more powerful than us, okay? So these are programs that we have to gently deprogram in order to be able to see truth. Um, and especially the, the, those rooted in fear. Once we access the fear-based programs that create this illusion of a safe container between ourselves and other dimensions, um, we can begin to explore again. So what I mean by that is that we're probably having a lot of contact all the time. Sometimes we don't remember it because the waking state part of us hasn't integrated fully or perhaps there are parts of us that fear what we could see or judge what we're experiencing so the more that we work on those belief systems the more you're going to remember and recall okay number two once you have at least one vision of an experience and interaction that you've had with them if you can just understand the nature of that experience, there's a lot of progressive work that's been happening from that moment forward. Because in dream state, we are experiencing multiple timelines, multiple dimensions. We are interacting with many species. Those species are a holographic projection of we have what we have in our DNA. And in, in the hypnotherapy, Dave, I, I recall that you were able to access awareness of several lineages that you hold within you. You know, and some of those very powerful lineages that you hold within you. So that tells you a little something about what you're here, your purpose on earth. So my number one suggestion when people have these sessions where they're interacting, get clear about your purpose and get clear about what needs to be flushed out in order for you to open up your visibility in these interdimensional realms. Get rid of fears, doubts, uh, you know, anxieties. All that has to be addressed ASAP. Um, hey, Diane. Holiday shopping? All done. Everyone's getting the new iPhone 15 from T-Mobile, and T-Mobile's covering the cost. Plus, I got four lines for 25 bucks a line per month. I got to get to T-Mobile. Get four iPhone 15s on us with eligible trade-in when you switch to T-Mobile. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. As a nurse, you're constantly in motion helping others. Isn't it time to take some steps forward to help yourself? Go from RN to BSN in as few as 12 months at Post University. Flexible online classes start soon. Apply now at post.edu. Post makes it personal. In order for you to continue clarifying the agreements that you've made with these interdimensional beings. Why? Um, because sovereignty, okay? Um, we don't uh, realize um, how deeply entangled we are in the universe with other species, with other interdimensional intelligences. Um, 
they are in our DNA. They are an extension of ourselves. And so in the same way that in this human life, we're learning to overcome experiential contractual agreements with our relationships, with people that we meet on every day, we are also learning how to do that interdimensionally. And the cleansing of parasitic entanglements and refining of positive, supportive agreements are going to pull your soul forward, fast forward, and prepare you for the time when you're going to leave this planet into a higher octave of vibrational frequency. It is the training of the navigation of the afterlife, whatever you're doing in your dream state, whoever you're interacting. Um, so it's really important that we get clear about those messages that come through and what we're doing with them, um, because we are super, super active in these realms, in the dream state constantly you're 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 working with them very constantly i never knew that i appreciate that one one of the questions that i forgot to ask at the beginning of hour number one when we were talking about regression therapy and learning about it what is the difference between what you do in connecting with other ethereal beings compared to past life regression therapy what's the difference yeah, that's an amazing question. And to be honest, the veil the veil of the way that we conceptualize time and space is extremely limited. Okay, so the human mind wants a linear, finite model of reality. And although we've been sold that by this hologram, uh, the matrix and all, all of our, you know, learnings of this world and, and the science and the mechanics of this world, the truth is that it far transcends that. Okay. So, um, in other words, we have to understand that we need to be able to see outside the box. Um, and in order to do that, um, our, our, uh, flexibility in navigating these realms is going to be really important in understanding truth, um, essentially. Um, and the other thing I wanted to add to this is, um, wait, repeat that question again, just so I can get clear about where I'm taking this. Okay. The difference between connecting with extraterrestrials and ethereal beings on the plane that you do compared to past life regression therapy. Yes. I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, so that being said, um, we need to understand we are multidimensional. And what that means is that in every dimension that we are in it, moving in and out of. So, you know, when you see a ghost, you are literally turn, turning your vibrational frequency in alignment with the ghost for you to be able to interact with it. Okay. The same way when you see an ET being or an interdimensional, you're shifting your little radio dial frequency to be in alignment in order to interact with that being. So this is how we are interdimensional all the time. And to bring it closer to home, when you're angry, you're going to turn the radio dial to connect with another angry person in order to create a scenario that will trigger that anger. Okay. So that being said, in the same way that we have the potential of tuning in resonance with certain similar beings of consciousness in these dimensional planes, we are opening ourselves up to based on our frequency to information that we're 
able to access. So what I notice with um, hypnotherapy um, is that they begin to access past lives that are directly in resonance with themselves in this present moment. It's really powerful. Um, and so the, those past lives will provide information that they need right now, healing, potential healing for them right now, so on and so forth. Now, in some of these past lives, they discover that they were, uh, let's say, a gray or a blue being in that past life. They see themselves as a blue being. Um, they begin to relive that life in this uh, foreign planet. Um, and the, the scenario that they're experiencing there is metaphorically and also uh, emotionally very similar to the blockages that they have in this lifetime. So there's a powerful connection. Further, the individual has been meeting that blue being in their dream state for the past three, four months, okay? So what it seems to be is that we are existing in multiple timelines simultaneously. And the idea of past lives, quote, past life in quotes, um, there is really no such thing as a past life. In fact, we access the information that is necessary to us simultaneous to this time. And what we think is a past life is actually a parallel lifetime existing in this present moment that becomes available to you based on your frequency. Um, so this can overlap. And essentially, your interdimensional contact um, is deeply, deeply uh, interconnected with the lives and the potential timelines that you have access to in hypnotherapy. You're just accessing all of yourself. Um, basically, you're opening up yourself to all of parts of you. Geraldine Orozco and the Spiritual You continue right now on Space Out Radio. Two minutes to go here. And after the break, we will get some audience questions. Geraldine, the the vulnerability that someone has when they go through something like this, usually we are prepared for, uh, you know, past lives or whatever. But when you get into that higher realm of extraterrestrials, where the energy is much higher and and the messages are not as clear, more mystifying, how do we translate what we learn from this and put it into everyday use in our lives is that even possible yeah it's extremely important that we do that actually and i'm so glad that you brought that up um, because what happens with a lot of contactees or experiencers or people that do hypnotherapy sessions, that they tend to either do one of two things. They compartmentalize the experiences and then they continue to have their life and there's no integration. That's a big uh, faux pas against yourself um, because you're compartmentalizing and splitting yourself. And remember that the nature of this human experience in this temporary timeline is unity, unity inside out, unity internally and unity with the whole um, so that also applies to unity in our subconscious mind and all the things we encounter. Um, so it's really important for us to create integration. The other potential is that people, um, you know, have these experiences and then they just completely become identified with them. It's the absolute truth. They see themselves as 
let's say Isis, uh, you know, the goddess Isis and done, you know, they, they just identify themselves with Isis and that's what they become. They dress like a goddess. Um, they begin to do healing sessions like a goddess, you know, whatever it is. And there's nothing really wrong with that. But the problem is that we cap our potential with both of these extremes. Um, when you identify with a certain part of what you're experiencing, you're not able to take the invaluable information that is being shared with you with that experience and then grow, initiate, you use it as an initiation for you for healing. And then Jolene Orozco and the spiritual you continues in another half hour right after this. We'll get to your questions. As we always love the audience to participate. GeraldineRosco.com is her website. We will be back with more Geraldine right after this. This is like flying by tonight. Flying by. Super fun. I'm glad we talked about this. So you you played your regression for the public. That's so cool. I didn't know you did that. Yeah. Well, I, I hadn't heard it before. So when you sent it to me, I, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to play it. And yeah. there was, you know, I played half of it. The other half I felt was a little too personal that I didn't bother playing that part. Uh, but I I played, uh, you know, about two-thirds of it. And I just felt that, uh, you know what, they might as well, they've been asking me for a while, you know, what happened, what happened, what happened. So... I just figured, you know what? Let's just play it together and see where it goes. You know? Yeah, cool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Your session was super powerful. Yeah, very interesting stuff. I do want to go through it again with you, though. I do. Hi, The okay. Unknown and Javier. How you guys doing? So. I'm getting my body tuned up right now. That's good. Yeah, That's a good time. My my friend Phil, I call him Doctor Phil, Doctor Philzy actually. Uh -huh. uh, he <laughs> is like a chiropractor slash energy healer, and he is just doing wonders for my body right now. Wow, wonders. That's so fantastic. Yeah, and I I see him twice a week. Like, it got to the point this summer where I could barely walk. Wow. Like, I was just in so much pain. Like, I couldn't even exercise nothing. It was just so mm -hmm. much pain and stress. And, and Hey, Diane. Holiday shopping? All done. Everyone's getting the new iPhone 15 from T-Mobile. And T-Mobile's covering the cost. Plus, I got four lines for 25 bucks a line per month. I got to get to T-Mobile. Get four iPhone 15s on us with eligible trade-in when you switch to T-Mobile. <laughs> Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Curiosity Stream is the streaming service for people who want to know more. And now check out Curiosity's new series, Queens of Ancient Egypt. When pharaohs held the throne, their wives held the power. We see her taking precedence over the pharaoh, an absolute mastermind. All hail 
The Queens. This is unprecedented. Watch Queens of Ancient Egypt now on Curiosity Stream with monthly, annual, and bundled plans. Find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. All of that, and he's uh, he's been working really hard to get me uh, back into shape, and and uh, so that way I could get back working out and everything because. Lord knows that uh, I gotta I gotta uh, get back into my discipline. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, it takes time. It's been a tough year. It's been an energetically heavy year, emotional year. It's an emotional year. A lot oh, yeah. of emotions, things clearing up. You know. So yeah, just that's so great that you're doing that right now. Yeah. I just wish I could find my passport. This is honestly, Gosh, it's driving strange. me nuts. Yeah. And have you checked your luggage? I know it's silly, I, but sometimes we put it in our luggage. And we I The last time I saw my passport was I put it in my pocket after getting off uh, through customs in Vancouver. Hmm, maybe, you, maybe you lost it. I don't think I did because I think mm-hmm. somebody would have, you know, turned it in. And maybe I would have I would have got it right. And I've had nothing bad on my credit report, nothing. And so when I, the first thing I do usually when I get home is I always put my passport back where it needs to go. And I've checked that spot numerous times. I've checked all of my baggage, the jackets I was wearing, the shorts I was wearing. Nothing. I cannot find it. I don't check my vehicle. I know it's in my house, Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, but I just don't know where. Wow. Maybe use that intuition. See if you can use, sometimes I use that and I find the most amazing things. And if I lose something, yeah, but, um, yeah, but otherwise maybe just get a new one, uh, cancel the other one. Maybe. Well, then you got to go through a whole security thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they drill you, like, where was the last time you saw it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, hopefully you can find it. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, because I would love to be going to Vegas this weekend. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going mi- well, to... I, I, I got to get out more, like, next year... I got to get out a little bit more than what I'm doing. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So. so. Did you say that your party this coming year is going to be somewhere different? I think you said. I'm hoping. Oh, okay. Okay. Where, where is it still in Vegas or I forget. What uh, we Reno, Reno. 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 Yes. Okay, closer for you. Yeah. Okay. Closer. That way you don't have to pack so many shoes. <laughs> okay, great. All right, we got 15 seconds. Thank you to Mike and to Mama Catherine for the great super chats. Very much appreciate uh, earning uh, your love and support on Spaced Out Radio. If you're new, don't forget to hit subscribe, ring that bell, and here we go.
we pass the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Reminder to all of you that if you've missed most of this show or others, you can check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join me in the Space Travelers Club on Patreon. We have her until the top of the hour, Geraldine Orozco and the Spiritual You, which happens here each and every month. And we love it with Geraldine's here. Her website, GeraldineRosco.com. If you want to check it on out, Geraldine, thank you so much for being here and a positive influence on our audience. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. Let's get to some audience questions because I know they are around. Let's start off with Paramarv. Geraldine, if time is happening all at once, could you hypnotize me, progress me to my deathbed, and find out what my biggest regrets are so that I might avoid them as I move forward? <laughs> well, you know what? That's actually a really awesome question because one of the most powerful transformative um, techniques that I utilize in hypnotherapy when I take people to past lives is that they move through key points in their life and then always to the moment of death, the very last breath that they're about to take. And when they're in that last breath and they begin to review their life, it is really powerful stringing together the main points in your life to begin to understand kind of the overall theme and the lessons that you're learning in life. And usually at that moment when they're about to detach from the physical body, the perspective changes from this myopic view um, that they may have taken or collected through life into a more expansive way of observing it. Um, and it can be incredibly transformative. Um, now, the interesting thing about this lifetime is that because we are such powerful co-creators in simultaneously in the present moment, that you have infinite timelines available to you based on your choices, based on your emotions that you're feeling right now, the thoughts that you have, and what you're running in your subconscious mind will dictate the kind of um, timelines that you choose. And remember that each one of those timelines can t change your life drastically. So it's not so much that you can go to the end of this lifetime to review the emotions because you can, you can change any number of variables until the moment of the last breath in this lifetime. I do suggest that you revisit a past life and begin to notice the patterns, maybe a couple past lives, Notice what are the patterns that come up? What is the lesson that you've been trying to overcome so many lifetimes that brought you into this lifetime? And it's really powerful to see the patterns um, that life can take. If you can identify these patterns at the time of your death in this lifetime, you can free yourself from those entanglements and choose a higher octave life in the next, in the next um, when you leave this body. Okay, so really powerful. Thank you for that question. All right, let's go to Mike. Was it really Katy Perry Dave was seeing or an E.T.? And how often do they disguise themselves at someone's celebrity crush 
for breeding purposes? Amazing question and absolutely relevant. Um, and this was something that I was going to say earlier when Dave mentioned someone else actually that he saw. But um, yeah, uh, clo- cloaking is incredibly um, a popular thing that is done with ETs. Oh, oh, um, you mentioned that you didn't see a lot of military, but you saw a lot of alien, uh, ET beings in your experiences. Um, now, sometimes, and I've experienced this myself, and I've also seen it in many sessions, that sometimes um, through drugs that are administered through some of these military experiences, sometimes um they are cloaking the military with ET beings. Um, and sometimes the ET beings clone themselves, cloak themselves with people that would most appeal to you. And they will draw that imagery from your subconscious mind and create a hologram and present themselves as that. It can be the hologram of a really beautiful woman. It can be the hologram of your mother. It can be a hologram of an aunt. Um, whatever will make you feel safe in that scenario that's why dreams can be very uh you know murky and kind of convoluted until you clear up your senses to be able to remove those veils um that are being perceived in those experiences so it is very common that these experiences can be cloaked in this case though i will say um and i don't know if you remember dave but katy perry was not wearing any kind of uh you know performance outfit or anything like that she was very much in her natural state um and so that's why the kind of uh experience because dave correct me if i'm wrong because i think there were other people there as well wasn't that right i believe so yes yeah so it was more than just one person and she was a part of this group of, of people that were there um so it wasn't just an isolated scenario so this is very common people experiencing being brought up in groups and this is why i'm telling you there is a dna genetic lineage to that because these are bloodlines that are have a similar experience that are being collected in some of these council groups for whatever is being carried out um so in this case i think that it was a very genuine experience that dave was having with this individual um but yes um to answer your question mike for the breeding program of the hybridization program it is very common cloaking okay where uh these interdimensional beings will cloak themselves in something that appeals to you in order to breed. Okay. Um, so that, that is a very common thing. Thank you for that question, Mike. All right. I thought it was an interesting question as well. All right. Let's yeah. go to Vanessa. Can we embody more than one goddess is identifying with gods or goddesses holding us back? Um, yeah, Van Gold, thank you so much for that awesome question. We can absolutely, in fact, here's the thing. When infinite potential source refracts itself through the dimensions in order to come and be encapsulated in your little body, the physical body, what holds this massive database of information, infinite potential, is essentially your DNA, which is deeply coiled with information and data, okay? So this infinite potential and infinite information is organized um, in many different ways, okay? In this dimensional plane, the way the information is 
is organized is in 13 sectors of information for the majority of the way that information self-organizes. So those 13 sectors can be seen as the astrological signs, as archetypal aspects of ourselves. Um, and subconsciously in our in our psychology, in the way that we process this incredible amount of information, um, it will present itself as these deities, these gods and goddesses, which represent archetypal aspects of ourselves. And for most of you old souls, you have been here such a long time that you have really existed in the majority of these archetypes. You have all of these gods and goddesses embedded in your DNA um, as a part as your, of your collective um, you know, consciousness that you tap into. Um, and it's incredibly important for you to become aware of the archetypes that you're playing out in this lifetime, the god and goddesses roles that begin to emerge as they're triggered in your everyday life experiences. Okay. And of course, if you study the goddesses and gods, understand the duality that exists within the representation of those archetypes in order to understand what are you playing out. Are you playing out the positive side of this god and goddess or are you playing the negative side? And that is going to produce a, a massive amount of healing for you. In my opinion, this is how this information would be an invitation to be used in the most productive manner. To identify with one goddess is to only connect to one archetypal aspect of yourself. And remember, you have 13 different aspects of yourself that need to come into integration uh, for this life to be productive and for you to embody your highest manifestation state. Um, so that's why I always advise don't get identified with any one thing, any ET race, any alien beings, any any groups, any religion, any school of thought, keep moving, keep evolving, try to come to the zero point of non-judgment, non-identity, so that you can integrate all parts of yourself into the highest truth. What we should be aiming for is to embody highest truth um, without that attachment and identification. Um, but thank you so much. The answer is yes. And the answer is maybe if you stay too long identified with the god or goddess, you might be holding yourself back. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We continue on with our resident goddess, Geraldine Orozco, and the <laughs> spiritual you. Chris Teen wants to know, is there a jellyfish-looking E.T. out there? Yes, there is. Yes, there is. And I have encountered these jellyfish. And actually, there's several different kinds, but also in hypnotherapy regressions, I have uh, heard countless cases of people that have encountered jellyfish-like beings. In fact, there seems to be an entire species of these kinds of gelatinous, uh, transparent, translucent uh, organisms that are highly, highly intelligent, super minimal uh uh, and and incredibly connected to the morphogenetic field where there's a realm of consciousness that is like produced through this organism. It's really beautiful. Um, and they tend to connect more with uh, the dolphin kind of, of, of races um, because the way that they navigate, the, the kind of telepathic uh, 
sonar, vibrational frequency navigation systems that they utilize are highly advanced. Usually the people that are connected to these ETs also have the potential of accessing that. They have highly acute hearing. They have high, highly acute and developed senses. So take a look and see if you have some of those highly advanced abilities and work on developing them more. Awesome. Awesome. The unknown would like to know, what do orbs look like? Yeah, that's an amazing question, unknown. Um, so orbs essentially, well, they can be many different shapes, really. Um, but one uh, key thing to note about, because um, by orbs, we're talking about an individual light organism. It's a condensed system of light that is self propelled, like self-moving, and it's self-generating light. It's not a reflection of light. It is emitting a light from its core. Okay, that's really important to note. Um, and a lot of times these orbs will have geometric shapes or formations in the way that they are moving. They will usually move and shape and change form. Um, they will not stay just stagnant for the most case. Usually there will be some form of movement, whether it's gentle um, and Essentially, uh, you didn't ask what they are, um, but it, in, in my opinion, um, these orbs are, number one, an extension of ourselves, essentially, a communication with interdimensional consciousness that is deeply connected with ourselves, and also... Um, it is other interdimensional beings that come into our space for communication or for interaction, sometimes even healing. Um, Preston Dennett talks about orbs that have healed people, um, you know, and that's also something I've seen in my uh, hypnotherapy sessions with my clients as well. Um, so, you know, the orbs are a consciousness. It's an isolated consciousness, an emission of light form. And that's what they look like. They look like little balls of light. Derek would like to know, why do certain aliens get labels just like everything else? Yeah, you know, that's a great question, Derek. I really think that this is just the human mind. We have deeply, we are deeply, deeply indoctrinated and trained to compartmentalize everything, to label things um, in order to simplify. Remember that the mind that doesn't want to think about things, it's easier for it to just name things and identify them and that's usually where the mind ends you know the human potential ends um because you know once it labels things it doesn't feel like it has to go further than that label um so it's really important as human investigators that we are of this human experience to question things um and with these beings especially um because of their complexity and because they are, a lot of them are hybrid beings. They're not one specific race. Um, and within races, it's not one specific agenda. They are like humans, um, ranges of frequency manifested in those species. Um, so I don't think that uh, aliens can be specified in any one form, uh, like the draconians or the reptilians or or, you know, Pleiadians or whatever group there might be. Um, it's just as, as complex as a human race. Um, they, they are just as fragmented. 
So, yeah, so hopefully we want to try to move away from those labels so that we can observe them a little bit more objectively in our experiences and learn from them and, you know, what they have to offer, what, what we're experiencing through those. Okay, we're done with the audience questions for tonight, but looking yeah. back, uh, you know, no, we'll sneak Derek's question in here. And then I, I, I want to ask you something about my own regression again. So Derek's second question, any reason that there are slot of wars popping up everywhere and will there be an end soon to the wars? Well, Derek, that's a really powerful question. I mean, what I have seen and what a lot of people are tuning into right now is that our world is going through a major transformation. And when we transform internally and externally, we have to flush out all of the cancer, all of the parasites that are within the body that are causing death in the subconscious mind. In order for us to end the wars that are happening externally, we must extinguish the desire for death, for hate, for separation that is within us. This is really, really important. You need to understand that we are such a deeply interconnected organism that everything that we have running in our subconscious mind, any hate, any anger, any fear is a reflection of what's happening in the collective. And the more people understand that and begin to anchor source through their bodies by becoming a channel of source, by cleaning up all that junk out and coming into a neutral state of observation, of compassionate observation, um, this is where we're going to start seeing changes in the world. And I think that these wars will continue to expand and propagate until the human understands that this is what needs to happen. This drastic change of mindset and um, observing has to shift completely. So all of us are responsible for changing what is happening in the world outside of us by working with what is internal within us. Okay, so that's really, really important. And I think we're going to see a big dissolving of religions and major systems and governmental systems really quick. Um, so do keep that in mind and try. Hey, Diane, holiday shopping? All done. Everyone's getting the new iPhone 15 from T-Mobile and T-Mobile's covering the cost. Plus, I got four lines for 25 bucks a line per month. I got to get to T-Mobile. Get four iPhone 15s on us with eligible trade-in when you switch to T-Mobile. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Mom, I know you're at the base, but that job interview, I got it. You always say that good habits lead to great results. Thanks for the extra push. Love you. AT&T appreciates those who are essential on duty and at home. Learn how military, veterans, and their families get 25% off our best unlimited plans. Visit att.com slash military for details. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy, requires proof of eligibility. Terms and restrictions apply. Not to resist that, but to move along with a more collective, compassionate way of being in humanity. Rock and roll. All right. One of the things that I wanted to bring up near the end here about the regression was that mm -hmm. Orion, the constellation, played a big role in that. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I said was that apparently on the other side, both you and I 
have reptilian tails hanging out. I had no idea that you were a reptilian there, Geraldine. <laughs> yes, 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 I've had reptilian, absolutely. Um, even, you know, my roots, my cultural roots, we, you know, the reptile is really huge in that part of the world. So, yeah, anyway, what is what is your question? Well, just the fact that we were, you know, we were seen together hanging out on Orion or we're just mm -hmm. below Orion's belt. And you know what? If you actually look, there is a very faint star or a pair of stars mm -hmm. right there. Yeah. And I'm assuming that's where your lineage and my lineage potentially may come from. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's yeah. up there? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really amazing. And I think, you know, you know, the planets are conscious, you know, um, and planets have create the DNA and the blood uh, or essentially the makeup, the organic makeup of the organisms. So the fact that we tapped into that information, we need to understand what are the things that we have failed in that race when we were existing as reptilians? You know, how did we fail? What did we fail to see or to transcend? And what we're going to find is connections between things that we're dealing with in this lifetime. You know, so it's, it's really powerful to access this information. It can help our ascension, you know, in this lifetime. I've seen that for myself, and I know you, you also see that too. Well, I found it very interesting, you know, because... Every time I've looked at you, I've never seen a tail. Never seen a tail. Where are you hiding that tail? Well, you know, I will also say something else. In the etheric bodies, when I see people that have tails, tails are the growth of the accumulation of stagnant information in the root chakra. So deep, deep fear, primal belief systems, fears fears of not being safe, fears of not um, feeling like it's okay to be in the body. And if you think about the reptilian draconian races are known for having really thick, long race, uh, tails um, because it is the development of the root chakra in the inverted motion, right? So when there's a lot of stagnation and it's a primal, primal grounding into survivalism, this is part of the core belief systems of these races. Um, it is also why we have our reptilian brain, which is essentially the system that puts us into survival mode. Our entire fight, flight, freeze mechanism is rooted in that reptilian brain. Um, okay, so it's in our biology. Our survival mechanism are our reptilian roots. And in reality, every single human has it. Um, so we need to learn how to integrate those um, survivalist parts of us. Yes, we do. We have just under two minutes to go with you tonight. And I want to just say thank you for the great education that you've given us. And because he's a veteran, and we are heading into Remembrance Day and Veterans Day, and uh, thank you for your service, Marine Black Dragon. Let's ask his question here. Can aliens communicate the same way as spirits do? Amazing question. And the answer is yes, because we're all speaking the same language, which is vibrational frequency. Okay. So when these spirits, which are oftentimes disembodied souls or, uh, or soul fractals that are in between dimensional states, um, 
usually they will affect matter in some way in order to communicate with us. Now, aliens tend to be at a little bit higher octave than spirits, okay? Spirits usually between the eighth and maybe tenth dimensional lay layer maximum. Um, interdimensional beings can go, you know, usually up to the 13 dimensional plane, um, and then they tend to be less parasitic or less intrusive in their communication. They won't communicate very directly. Um, so, the, so you might want to just uh, observe that. Um, and what I mean by the vibrational frequency is that the communication will be more telepathic. It will be very visual. In, in the difference between spirits, they tend to call your attention towards the physical. And interdimensional beings tend to call your attention towards the interdimensional, to the holographic realm, visual, imagery, emotional senses. Okay, so um, spirits also tend to have a parasitic element where sometimes they feed off any fear or emotions that can be emitted or produced by the interaction. So keep in mind... In the same way that, that interdimensionals do, um, the parasitic ones, the high vibrational ones won't want you to feel fear anywhere near them. In fact, they will deliberately eliminate the fear out of your body. Geraldine Orozco and the Spiritual You. We will talk to her once more to finish off 2023 at the beginning of December. We love Geraldine Orozco.com is her website. Hour 3 of Spaced Out Radio is next. Love you, my dear. Say hello to everybody in Vegas and tell them I miss them all. Yes, I will. Thank you so much, Dave. Have an amazing week, and I'll see you, you soon. Bye, everyone. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Geraldine Orozco, everybody. I'll be right back. You guys enjoy the break. And... Uh, I'll be here back in a minute or two.
All right, we are back. Sarah Yon, how you doing? We having a good time tonight? Yeah, that was an interesting show. So now we got Geraldine's opinion of it. Mike Bothwell, thank you for the second super chat. Very much appreciate that, my man. Even though you are a poor Senators fan. At least you have goaltending. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Rex, good good rum. How you doing, man? Simon the Likeable, thanks for coming on in. Remember, Super Chat is open. Mike times two. Catherine times one. Very much appreciate the love. And you can shop at our Spaced Out Radio store. We do not have ugly swag, people. Nope, we do not have ugly swag. Hi, Nikki in Seattle. Hope we're having a very good night. Here we go, everybody. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and S.O.R. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Wherever you are on this beautiful planet, we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, talk stream live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Salsugidus. Salsugidus is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join me on Patreon at the SOR Space Travelers Club. It is that time of the night where we kick off hour number three. We bring in Steve Stockton from the YouTube channel Among the Missing for another spooky story. Hello, friends. Welcome to Among the Missing YouTube channel on Spaced Out Radio. I'm Steve Stockton, and I'm about to take you on an unbelievable journey of people just like you. Their stories and encounters will haunt us on Among the Missing. Connie Johnson was a 76-year-old who had worked as a wilderness ranger at the Moose Creek Ranger Station for the U.S. Forest Service. She was also a Selway Bitterroot Foundation member, and often led backcountry tours for young people and other groups. Her friends described her as an experienced outdoors person who could survive emergencies. Connie worked as a camp cook for Ritchie Outfitters. The area was very remote with no roads and only accessible by horse or on foot. Connie was last seen on October 2, 2018, by hunters. According to County Sheriff Doug Giddings, the hunters had radio contact with Connie the next day. 
Still, they could not understand what she was saying as the radio transmission was weak. When they returned to the camp on October 5, Connie and her dog, Ace, were gone. Chris Adkins, a former colleague, says, It's reconcilable. You know, what everyone is dealing with, with this, because, like you said, this isn't like some pilgrim's first rodeo. This is a woman who spent the last 25 years of her life, most of them, on foot in the wilderness, alone, doing her wilderness range work. And if there's anybody who has a skill set that positions them to beat this, it's Connie. A thorough search was conducted to locate Connie, involving searchers on foot and tracking canines. The U.S. Air Force, Idaho National Guard, and Clearwater County Backcountry Helicopter Rescue Team used FLIR heat technology from aircraft to aid the search. Despite the efforts, Connie was not found, and the search was called off on October 16, 2018. Connie's dog, Ace, was found three weeks later at the Moose Creek Ranger Station, which is about 15 miles away from the camp. However, Connie was not with him. The rangers examined Ace, provided him with food, and attempted to search for Connie with his help, but they still were unable to find her. Connie's daughter said she could only speculate about what happened to her mother, but did not believe her disappearance was intentional. I think that she was enjoying the outdoors, which she loves, and something happened. The weather came up. She fell. I don't know but I think that she got surprised. Given the temperature, given the lack of time, given the lack of signs of her and the fact that Ace is not with her. Next up, Michelle Vanek, who went missing from Mount of the Holy Cross in 2005. Michelle Vanek, a 35-year-old married mother of four, attempted to climb Mount of the Holy Cross in the northern Sawatch Range of the Rocky Mountains with a friend on October 24, 2005. However, Michelle became tired and complained of a headache while hiking along the halo route and decided to rest. Her partner continued climbing towards the summit and planned to meet Michelle on his way down. Michelle was an experienced marathon runner, but may not have been fully prepared for the physical and mental challenges of the halo route, which requires hours of traversing over loose rock in an expansive, unmarked wilderness. Nate Goldberg, a local resident, was one of more than 700 people who searched for Michelle for eight days. Goldberg says, while Michelle and her hiking partner set out to make it to the top of Mount Holy Cross, they unlikely intended to take the halo route. According to Goldberg, it was the summer that they were putting in the new outhouse up there. But when they arrived at the trailhead in the morning, it was still dark, and there was a big crane up there. I believe that they got disoriented, and instead of getting on the Half Moon Pass trail for the traditional route, they got on the Fall Creek Trail and didn't realize it until they got to the top of Notch Mountain. At that point, they said, we're already up at Notch. You can see the top of Holy Cross. Let's just do this halo route. When you're looking across and seeing that route, it doesn't seem that far. Nearly two decades later, in August of 2022, a father and son hiking in the area discovered one of Michelle's hiking boots that had evidently been there for a long time. The leather was almost completely gone, but the sole was intact. A forensic investigation concluded it was Michelle's boot, and with this discovery, another trip to the area with a more thorough search was planned once weather permitted. On August 25, 2022, Scott Beebe of Vail Mountain Rescue set out to look for Michelle with his dog, Stryker, 
along with other cadaver dogs and their handlers. No further trace of Michelle was found. Investigators questioned her hiking partner, but eventually closed the case with no solid evidence that any crime had occurred. Ed Katowskis, leader of the Vail Mountain Rescue's canine team, stated, He hoped that, especially after 20 years, we're going to find something. But unfortunately, it's just the way it works with recovery operation. Nature's very good at taking us back to the earth, and it is amazing how quickly that happens in the environment. You just disappear. Don't disappear on us because we love it when you're tuning into Spaced Out Radio. Thank you to Steve Stockton from Among the Missing for another creepy story. If you want more just like that, head on over to youtube.com forward slash Among the Missing. From the mysterious to the mountains of Montana, where the snow is starting to fall, it's Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio and the Cryptid Report. Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio. It's always good to have you here, my friend. How you been doing? Hey, nice chapeau there, Dave. I've been super busy, and I've been getting things done without even doing anything. And this week was a great example where uh, one of my uh, viewers spotted something in the August uh, field report that we put out, sent me a timestamp. I looked at it and went, well, by golly, that does look like a Bigfoot. So I sent it to Robin, and she said, yep, that's Bigfoot. And I sent it to Christy, and she went, well, there's more than one there. So then I sent it to Kelly Shaw. And by the next morning, he had a breakdown video of it done and out on his channel. So anybody that wants to see a Bigfoot's face up close and zoomed in and slowed down and all that good stuff Kelly likes to do, it's over on Rocky Mountain Sasquatch Organization's YouTube channel. Uh, so that was kind of hilarious. And then uh, <clears throat> this weekend, I got to be... Uh, interviewed on my own show which is the first time that's ever happened hey diane holiday shopping all done everyone's getting the new iphone 15 from t-mobile and t-mobile's covering the cost plus i got four lines for 25 bucks a line per month i gotta get to t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us with eligible trade-in when you switch to t-mobile minimum of four lines for 25 dollars per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account five dollars more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well qualified customers contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due 35 dollars per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com this podcast brought to you by ring this holiday give the gifts that keep on giving with ring video doorbells cams and alarm find gifts that help handle all those deliveries Again, uh, leave it behind the chair. Gifts that tell you when creatures are stirring. Biscuit, get away from the ornaments. Good girl. And gifts that deliver peace of mind during your holiday travel. Away and armed. Find something for everyone at ring.com. Shop great gifts for any home at ring.com. And how you may ask that this audio ledger domain actually come into being, Duke? Well, straw person that's not really asking the question. My answer to that one is that there's this podcast called Blurry Creatures, and they wanted to have me on the show for the second time for their 200th episode. And then it turned out pretty good, and I went, hey, can I put that out on my show? So the same show that they turned out essentially, except I'm uh, when we were doing it, it was just basically an audio-only recording for their show, even though there's video of it. 
And a lot of the stuff that I referenced, they didn't have the pictures of the video. So I'm going ahead and adding those back in for the release on my channel so everybody can actually see what it is that I'm referencing. And part one this weekend was a fun piece of video that I've never actually released before, which is the whole series of game cam captures from uh, Florida in 2019. Um, friends of mine that have what they claim is a stationary portal on their property that they've known about for like almost two decades. And they had a game cam set up on it and the damn thing keeps like batteries die. It goes off mysteriously. doesn't get pictures of things when it should. And, so finally they started realizing there was some electronic interference going on there, so they actually hardwired it, buried cable in the ground for about 100 feet to a car battery, and left it on there. Then they started getting things. And one of the first things they got was a sequence of pictures where it's bright, sunny afternoon, there's some deer walking along by the fence line, Then this blur starts appearing in the background, this fog, as the portal's about to open. Well, then there's a Bigfoot's head right next to the camera looking at it. And it keeps moving around back and forth around this camera. And what's going on is it's trying to zap the camera and turn it off, and it can't do it, and it can't figure out why the camera keeps coming back on and clicking pictures of him. Oh, my. <laughs> and there's a whole sequence, about three minutes long. I show them all slowly, pretty much in order. And um, the interesting thing here is that it's bright afternoon, sunny, perfect conditions to take pictures. Camera's getting absolutely beautiful, clear pictures of everything except the object that's apparently the Bigfoot that's right up there by the camera. And I know people are going to go, oh, that's because it was moving so fast. Well, it's stationary. You can tell. And then the other one is that, uh, oh, it's so close to the camera, it's causing a blurring effect. But the very last picture in the sequence, I left it there where the owner comes up to pull the SD card on it. And you can see part of his face in the corner of the frame. He's perfectly in focus same distance away this other thing was. So again, this worked out perfect for the show because they're called Blurry Creatures, which is a, kind of a nod of the hat to uh, Mitch Hedberg, who did the now classic Bigfoot joke about how everybody needs to get off the back of the Bigfoot researchers and quit, quit yelling at them for their terrible, lousy, crappy, blurry video. It's not their fault. It's not the camera's fault. It's Bigfoot's fault. Bigfoot is just blurry. And that's very disturbing. There's a large blurry creature running around the woods that we essentially know nothing about. And so that's where they got the name for their show from. And I, I was the first person that was ever on episode one. So since it made it to 200 episodes, they invited me back. So that's what we got going on over on my channel. And I'm really looking forward to uh, getting in, in better shape here. I got to start training like Dave's doing so that I'm ready to... Uh, go out and run across the plains there in Nebraska and find Bigfoot this spring. We're going to try and uh, drag Dave with us, too. We'll see if I can find my passport, man. <laughs> you don't know the pain in the butt that has been for me. Mm. <laughs> you know? My goodness. My goodness. You just fly to Mexico and walk across the border. You'd be there in a couple of days. Oh, probably. Probably. But, hey... I want to ask you about this before you, I know you got some stories for us. Blurry Bigfoot. Why, why do you think it's blurry? What is your conception to this strange phenomena that we can never seem to get a clear picture of it? I think a bunch of the things they're doing are all part of the same phenomena. And Robin's talked about this before too, that they can, they raise their vibrational rate and their energy level. 
And even at the low levels, it's enough to basically make a blurring uh, field around them so that it's hard to get an actual clear picture of them because they just look blurry picture, you know, they just look blurry. Everything around them is in focus. They look uh, blurry. If they raise their vibrational level a little bit more beyond that, it bends the light around them completely and they're cloaking. And we got a picture of an object doing that, reaching out, trying to touch the camera person while they were taking a picture of them. And you can see the outline of this distortion field. It's like humanoid shaped, and it's got what looks like an arm reaching out toward the camera person when they took the picture. And they couldn't see it with their naked eye. But the camera was picking it up, bending the light around it. And then when it goes even higher vibration than that, they're completely invisible, or they just go through the dimensional membrane um, into the, the other world. Uh, which, like most of the native tribes, will tell you that they walk in two worlds, and that's what they're talking about. Hmm. Why does the camera not have an opportunity to focus? I mean, we've seen things move faster. Jet fighters, for Oh, example. yeah, they could be standing completely still and be blurry. It has nothing to do with motion. Okay. So They're just like I said, it's some kind of a thing with a vibrational level in their hair. They're creating some kind of a distortion field around them. And they raise it more, it bends the light around them. If they raise it, raise it even more than that, they just go completely invisible. We got video of one from 10 years ago up in eastern Canada. It was standing across the river from this guy. And it's black, and he's got the video camera on it. And as he's watching on the video camera, the black starts going toward the center like that and getting smaller and smaller until all the black is gone and it's green. It's the same color as everything around it. It didn't move at all. You can still see the same outline there. Just now, all of a sudden, it's green. And I showed this to Blaine Tyler, who's been on your show before and is part of the cast on Inevitably Finding Bigfoot. And he sent me back a screen capture and went, yeah, there's three more of them here. And I looked at it and went, sure enough, you know, if somebody was hoaxing this, why would you put the... Uh, ghostly images of three more in the background that only somebody like Blaine Tyler would ever spot. So we're both completely convinced that's legit. And, and this is the same thing. People have seen it before too. You know, it's like, Oh, where did it go? And their other little trick, of course, they can play is that they can move tremendously fast. So if you just turn your head for a split second, that's enough time for them to duck into another spot and you won't see them. Somebody actually got lucky. I got to see a, a video clip of this. Uh, where they were walking around out in the woods. They had their dog, and the dog was alerting the, to them that something was in front of them. And so they were kind of following the dog, and the dog wasn't super scared or anything, but it seemed to be kind of disturbed, and it was like looking toward this tree. So they went and walked up on the tree while they had the camera going, and as they're about like you know, 25, 30 feet from the tree, all of a sudden a Bigfoot jumps out from behind the tree and takes off like a bolt of lightning. And I mean, like, this thing was really fast. And they just about, you know, what their pants and turned around and ran the other direction as fast as they could. My goodness, I couldn't imagine. Couldn't imagine. I'm actually heading out this weekend for a double shot of Sasquatch uh, investigation. Going to my site where we saw the guy last year. We're going to do that on Saturday. And then on Sunday... We're going to go back to uh, an area where we got chased out by Sasquatch in 2018. Uh, everybody knows Merle around here, my buddy Merle and my buddy Little Marky Spender. 
So we are heading back out that way as well. So I'm not sure how or if we're going to get anything. It is starting to get a little bit cold around here, Super Duke. But you never know unless you're there. That's the main thing. Yep. Yep. Man, I can hardly wait to go uh, looking for the biggies in Nebraska again, too. It's going to be fun. We're going to drag you with this time, Dave. I look forward to it, man. All right, we got five minutes to go here. Let's get to some story time with you tonight. Well, here's what we got tonight. This is from local David Weatherly, Monsters of Big Sky Country. And, uh, of course, the section in the book on Bigfoot is of interest. And he talks about some really old reports here. Sasquatch researchers believe the state of Montana has all the key elements needed to make it a likely location for Bigfoot to hide out. A quick survey of the state and its resources make it easy to see why this would be the case. The abundance of food and fresh water, along with the vast portions of uninhabited or sparsely populated land. Yeah, fourth biggest state in the Union with a population of a million. Yeah, you could say sparsely populated. Would provide everything an elusive creature like Bigfoot would want. Despite the low population numbers, encounters certainly do occur. Through the years, ranchers, tourists, and everyday residents have had brushes with hairy bipedal creatures on the state's highways and in remote areas of the backcountry. Encounters in the state are not new, however, and there's a solid history of sightings from around Montana. Native traditions from the region contain many tales of the creature, and even today, creature still showing up on native land on occasion. Many early explorers of the region heard Native American tales of aggressive giants that threatened tribal members and remained a danger in the vast wilderness territories of the state. Of course, no account would be complete without somehow having to mention Lewis and Clark, and we're not going to be left out here. Trekked across to the Pacific Northwest, they encountered numerous tribes along the way and listened to many traditional tales hoping to learn more about the land. During their time in what is now Montana, members of the expedition met a group of flathead natives, that's to the north of me, in western Bitterroot Valley. Hey, I'm in the western Bitterroot Valley. <laughs> it was the first time the flatheads had seen whites, and the meeting was a peaceful one. Flatheads shared food with the white explorers and recounted some of their tribal lore to the party, including tales of creatures they called Natliskaligutan. Roughly translated, the term means killers of men. According to the Flatheads, these beings were powerful giants that had once roamed the area in large numbers. Reportedly, by the time of the Lewis and Clark expedition, the giants' numbers had been reduced, but they were still present and considered very dangerous. One traditional Flathead story gives a glimpse of the giants' powers. It says, Once when a small hunting party came upon a giant asleep in the forest, they tied him with ropes of buffalo hair, sat upon his chest, and beat him until he woke up. Then he laughed thunderously, burst the ropes, and sent the men flying through the air as he rose to his feet. Seizing one of them by the ankle, he tossed him across the Missoula River. According to the Flatheads, the giants were physical creatures, not a part of the spirit world. Much like modern Sasquatch encounters, the giants made great effort to avoid being seen by humans, but the tales were abundant among the people. According to historian H.H. Turnyhigh, quote, fully half the Flathead stories deal with these giants, and easily two-thirds of them mention them. The Kootenai tribe of Idaho and northern Montana have similar tales of giants in the region. According to tribal member William Gringress, the, uh, excuse me, Gingress, the giants were greatly feared by the people because they preyed on humans. Gingress said it was known that the giants followed the waterways, and if someone ventured to the water's edge, the giants would kill and eat them. 
According to Jingaris, quote, my great-grandmother's uncle once found the skeleton of a giant buried in a sitting position in a grave near Superior, Montana, which is in far western Montana, Mineral County. The Coeur d'Alene Nation, who lived west of the Flatheads in Kootenay in what is now Idaho, also have tales of the giants, and according to the Coeur d'Alene, the monsters were as tall as a teepee, had a strong odor like that of a burning horn, or I would say an electrical fire, and had black faces. According to tribal lore, the giants lived in nearby caves and often stole fish out of people's traps. <clears throat> and then from there, they go to in the eastern side of Montana, the Sioux Nation of tales of these hairy giants, too. Reno first, a full-blooded Yankton Sioux and Montana native, spoke with the Great Falls Tribune in 77 and recounted a traditional Sioux tale of the creatures. According to first, stories of the creatures go back way far in Sioux traditional lore. Our tribe traveled in what would now be the area from the Black Hills through western South Dakota, North Dakota, into Montana, and Saskatchewan. He also recounts the story of a group of hunters who found a place with many caves. Two of the men, a youth in his 20s and an older man, decided to venture into the caves to see what was inside. The men found themselves in a cave with crystallized rock that glowed in spots, allowing them to see inside the cave. As he recounts, quote, after some time, they came to a place where the glow seemed stronger. Let's leave it right there for now, Super Duke. Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio is here. For the cryptid report, we got him until the top of the hour. We love our Dookie Poo right here on Spaced Out Radio. We continue right after this. Stay tuned. All right, man, we're clear. Hi, sweet Robbie G. Ruth Kleber, how are you? Yeah, this is a scary story. <laughs> well, if it's from David Weatherly, of course it is. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a whole bunch of scary stories in this book. You'd be, you know, one of the ones that's coming up that we're going to skip is uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Of course, his story is included because I was in the Bitter Roots right here in uh, extreme western Montana, but we've already gone over that a couple of times, so we're going to bleep over that one. Might do some modern ones, actually, ones from this century. How about that? Sure. Sure. I'm a, let me go have signal. You go. I'll just sit here. <clears throat> what a good night so far. Honestly. It's a fantastic night. Geraldine was amazing. My beard looks amazing. Troubled Minds, you are amazing. You are the greatest. Rossy Dogs, what's happening?
Uh, Tim Mothman, I got a lot to catch up to you yet, buddy. <clears throat> I'm telling you, this body healing that I've been doing, start to feel good. Start to feel good. Back, back, back. Hey, Super Duke. Hey, Dave. Super Duke. Super Duke. Yeah, I love it. Any week where I can actually turn out a video without doing anything, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Kelly liked that one, though. The funny thing was, though, me and uh, Chrissy both looked at it and went, oh, there's one pretty well hidden behind those dead branches right on the left side of these two tree trunks, right? So we showed Kelly the screen capture, and he goes, well, send me the video link. So he looks at the video link, and he's like, oh, this is great. And he does this breakdown on it. And he was looking at one that was right in between the two tree trunks that we weren't even paying any attention to. And it turns its head, and its mouth moves and stuff. Well, it's the two and a half seconds he's got it on camera. So it was pretty cool. Well, there's another one in there that he didn't even point out. This is the point I'm getting at. I like it. Good old Kelly Shaw coming up with the big game again. Well, the cool thing is, is he also includes tracks that he filmed right near there two months earlier. And also the clip where he apparently caught two of them watching him two months earlier, which he's actually got the breakdown on that all done. He just hasn't released it yet. and got the comparison video for him. And it's like, yeah, those are... Those definitely aren't trees because <laughs> they are not there in the comparison video. Absolutely not. And the one that we got with the face that he just did the breakdown on, that was probably less than a quarter mile from where he caught those two, two months before. Wow. So it all kind of, everything backs up everything else. It's like, yeah, there's a bunch of activity there hanging around this area right now. But, you know, just because it's right now doesn't mean they'll be there next year or anything. We got about 45 seconds. Big thank you to Maggie, Simon, Mike Times 2, and Mama Catherine for the great super chats. Very much appreciate the love. Thank you to everybody who shopped at our Spaced Out Radio store because we do not have ugly swag, people. <clears throat> no, sir. We do not have ugly swag. And then make sure you mark May 10th through 12th on your calendar. For Reno, Nevada, the third annual SOR fan party. We are going to be having some fun there with some celebrity people that you hear on this show. And, of course, all of you. We'll get you more information soon. Here we go. Final half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate you listening on in to the Cryptid Report. 
Want to remind you that if you miss most of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Here we go. Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio and the Cryptid Report. Let's do this thing, Duke. You're telling us some pretty creepy stories here. Yeah, before we go forward, we got to backtrack. We mentioned earlier that going back to Lewis and Clark, and let's just drop them again, uh, Bitterroot Valley ran into flathead natives, and the flatheads told them about the Netliski Lugitin, which was these cannibal giants that were eating people. And there were other tribes nearby that had mentioned this, and they also brought up the Coeur d'Alene, who have mentioned of them, they didn't drop the name in this one. Now, it's interesting to note that I know the local natives' names for Bigfoot, and those are not the names for Bigfoot. Hey, Diane. Holiday shopping? All done. Everyone's getting the new iPhone 15 from T-Mobile, and T-Mobile's covering the cost. Plus, I got four lines for 25 bucks a line per month. I got to get to T-Mobile. Get four iPhone 15s on us with eligible trade-in when you switch to T-Mobile. <laughs> Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. As a nurse, the one thing you don't do is stand still. You're always going, doing, helping, thinking, solving, saving. Your nursing career shouldn't stand still either. Post University can help you move it forward from RN to BSN, from BSN to MSN, even from MSN to DNP. Learn more about our accredited programs at post.edu. Start taking steps toward an advanced degree. Apply now to Post University. Post makes it personal. So they're talking about something different. Again, man-eating giants, not Bigfoot. Like Blackfoot, it's Imiohotepe. Holy you know, cow. So, yeah. They're, they're talking about something different. Like maybe what it was I found that track of in May that's 31 inches long. You know, yeah, those things ran around this area. So anyway, getting back to this now, this is from an old uh, traditional Sioux tale. There were a whole bunch of hunters out in this area of mini caves. Two of the men, a youth in his 20s, and an older guy decided to go into the cave, check it out. When they got in there, there were crystals in there that were lighting it up. So they decided to go in deeper, and after some time, they came to a place where the glow seemed stronger, creating a lighted hallway. They noticed the passageway turned at an angle in the light. A strong odor came to their nostrils. Rounding the bend, they came upon a large, hairy creature sleeping against one wall. As they stopped and stared at the strange sight, the creature raised its head, blinked open its eyes, and stared back. The men, of course, turned and ran. The men raced to get out of the cave, climbing back up and falling outside of the entrance to the astonishment of their companions who had been waiting to see what they had discovered in the cave. The two men were in a state of shock. Their knees, elbows, and shoulders were cut and bleeding from falling down and bumping into the walls of the cave in their frantic rush to get out. Both were covered with sweat. Foam was coming out of their mouths. The men were taken, taken back to camp and tended to. By the next day, they had recovered enough to tell their tale. Some of the tribe believed them, others did not. 
but further proof soon came. A few days later, the older man who had dared the cave was hunting with another companion. As the two were observing some deer, they had a strange sighting. Moving slowly through the bush was a big hairy creature similar to one in the cave. Its body hair was reddish in color and it seemed to be stalking the deer. Ducking out of sight, the men quickly gathered their horses and raced back to camp with the news. The tribe immediately broke camp and moved north. Whether or not the Sioux found a place free of the hairy giants isn't quite clear. At the least, tribal members do still report encounters on their current reservation lands. It's important to note the tribe's traditions say this creature is ancient. Some refer to this biped as Chayitanka, or Big Man, and that is a name for Bigfoot. Peter Matheson even mentions the Big Man in his bookseller, The Spirit of Crazy Horse, according to the book, quote, They exist in another dimension from us, but can appear in this dimension whenever they have a reason to. See, it's like there are many levels, many dimensions. When our time in this one is finished, we move on to the next. But the big man can go in between. The big man comes from God. He's our big brother, kind of looks out for us. And then, of course, they want to go into the Teddy Roosevelt report, which we're going to skip over. And we're going to go right to newspapers from the 1800s, yield good number wild man reports. These are scant from the state of Montana, owing to the fact that there wasn't a whole lot of towns or newspapers here at the time. One story was run in the August 20th, 1892 edition of Anaconda's Standard, and Anaconda's about 60 miles from here. The paper reported that a wild man of sorts was running around in the mountains somewhere near the state's border with Wyoming. As the news reported, quote, some of the old-time hunters and Indian fighters who are still holding out in the city, should endeavor to find a wild-eyed individual who came in from the mountains this morning. Whether he discovered a new brand of whiskey, or whether it was the loneliness of this life in the mountains that caused him to see visions and hear sounds, is not known. But whatever the cause, he had told a story that knocks Joe Klafke's ghost story, attested to by Jack Brennan, completely in the shade. He said that over in the range of mountains which formed part of the Wyoming line, he had seen evidence of the existence of a creature whose genus was unknown to him. He also claimed to have obtained a glimpse of the, quote, varmint, unquote, but always when he was unarmed, and as its appearance was such as not to invite a close inspection, he had never sought to get near enough to see just exactly what it was. He says the animal is covered with hair, but in form not unlike a man, a resemblance that is increased by the creature's habit of rising on its haunches and walking on its hind legs after the manner of a gorilla. After having seen the animal, the man said he could account for the existence of the torn and partially eaten carcasses of several <clears throat> large bears and also of one mountain sheep that he claimed to have found in the vicinity of where the unknown animal apparently makes his headquarters. The stranger says he will return to the mountain shortly and will pilot anybody who may desire to visit the locality to the exact spot where he last saw the monster, unquote. Skipping well ahead, numerous sources list a weird 1952 sighting, though David had been unable to determine the original source of the report. It may have come from researcher John Green. Reportedly in 1952, Lyle Slade was hunting elk at Seeley Lake in Missoula County. Hey, Missoula County, that's where I live. The hunter spotted what looked like a wounded elk on the opposite side of the clearing he was in. He also heard a strange sound described as a jabbering noise. As Slade watched, a seven-foot-tall creature crossed the clearing and headed for the wounded elk. The thing was covered with a cinnamon-colored hair. As if the sight wasn't unusual enough, Slade reported that the creature was wearing a leather belt 
with a brass buckle. Ray Crow also mentions the Sealy Lake incident in Bigfoot Behavior Volume 2, although no date is given for the report. It involves a freezer raiding Sasquatch. I've heard that one a few times. The incident comes from a woman named Anne who said her grandmother had seen the creature at their home near the lake. The woman reports, quote, she heard a noise on the back porch and went to investigate. There was a, quote, bear, unquote, near the freezer by the open door, his head still buried in the freezer. She shouted, and the bear stood up and turned to look at her. It nearly gave her a heart attack as the large ape-like face faced her and then quickly walked off the porch into the night. Crow also mentions another updated record, excuse me, undated account in the same volume. This one coming from, again, Montana Bigfoot researcher Don Monroe, um, who reported that three men had been out looking for a place to hunt elk when they spotted a large hairy creature in the brush around Johnny Creek. The creek's in the north-central portion of the state in Phillips County. According to the witnesses, the creature was in a berry patch that contained a lot of huckleberries. Mm. And we know they love huckleberries. They love anything sweet. So, good stuff there. Let's skip up to some modern reports here. Hold on. Let's talk about them huckleberries, because old Davy likes a lot of huckleberries, too. Huckleberries. Yeah, actually, the... Uh, as uh, Dave Pilates has reported, there's three places where the majority of the missing 411 sighting cases occur. One of them is in swamps, and one of them is in big gravel slopes, big piles of broken rock. And the third one is in berry patches. And out of the berry patches, huckleberry patches have way more missing people <laughs> than any other kind of berry patches. So does, does that cover it? <laughs> Love my huckleberries. Yeah, just watch your back while you're out there looking for your huckleberries. Right. Uh, here's a, a more recent report from uh, our century. Another interview with some of Tenley's friends, State Trooper Jim Schneider verified the man's motives. Officer Schneider told reporters he was trying to make people think he was a Sasquatch. Now, this is about the famous 2012 report where there was a guy who was drunk. It was his birthday. And he had dressed up in a Bigfoot suit and was standing on the side of the freeway trying to make people think they had seen Bigfoot. And this didn't work out very well. It was like uh, these two girls from Idaho ran him over. That's not good. No, it didn't work out the way he wanted. There wasn't any Bigfoot sightings, but he got run over. I think they backed up and ran him over again. No, I'm, I don't know. I'm kidding. They didn't. <clears throat> So anyway, this is in December 2nd, 2012. And if you think about it, you know, December, the weather is terrible anyway. Snow on the ground, lousy driving conditions. It's at night, and he's messing around on a freeway with not even a ghillie suit, but a fake Bigfoot suit. He's really asking for it. Everybody in the state is armed. You know, what did he want to get shot for his birthday? So anyway, <clears throat> it was about 250 to 300 yards away, and I could make it out quite well. Uh, this is the – hold on. Excuse me. He was trying to make people think he was a Sasquatch so people would call in a Sasquatch sighting, and he can't make it up. I haven't seen or heard of anything like this before. Obviously, wearing the suit made it difficult for people to see him, and that was the whole thing. They weren't going to get a Bigfoot sighting. The weather was so bad, they couldn't see him, and that's why they accidentally hit him. Uh, a man driving between WSS and Checkerboard west of Sutherland Lake on December 2nd, 2012, spotted a Bigfoot along the road moving at a quick pace. As a witness reports, it was about 250, 300 yards away, and I could make it out quite well. 
thing was on two legs, had very long arms that seemed to end barely above the knees. Its head was positioned as if a person was sticking their neck out, and it ran while barely moving its arms. It didn't look like it was alarmed, just as if it were just going along its way, heading back into the mountains. In scale to the trees, I'd say it was about six and a half feet tall. The BFRO report of the incident doesn't offer any details on the creature's coloring or features. Here's another report. Joshua Kutchin and Timothy Renner mentioned an odd Montana incident in the second volume of Where the Footprints End. The report comes from Brian Duke Sullivan. Hey, that's me. Hey. A Bigfoot investigator and podcast host who had the experience in 2015. Sullivan spotted what he first thought was a tree stump with a pattern resembling a face. He intended to film the stump with his video camera as an example of pareidolia, but then noticed the expression on the stump had changed. Now realizing he was witnessing a Sasquatch, Sullivan elected to leave the area rather than disturb it. Uh, obviously, there's more to the story than what they just told right here. But yeah, I'm in this in this book too. Uh, a man out on a record call in Phillips County in January 2011 saw a creature on Highway 191 in the C.M. Russell Wildlife Refuge. It was about 1 a.m. when the driver reached the location. Hey, Diane. Holiday shopping? All done. Everyone's getting the new iPhone 15 from T-Mobile, and T-Mobile's covering the cost. Plus, I got four lines for 25 bucks a line per month. I gotta get to T-Mobile. Get four iPhone 15s on us with eligible trade-in when you switch to T-Mobile. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sunbelt Federal Credit Union wants to brighten your financial future with a gift of high-yield savings. With just a $500 minimum deposit and a 10-month certificate, earn 5.40% annual percentage yield. Or for 18 months, earn 5.60% APY. So go ahead, brighten your future with a gift of high-yield savings. Stop by any Sunbelt office or visit sunbeltfcu.org. Celebrate the season with smart savings. Sunbelt Federal Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA. Mile north of the Missouri River. As you reported to the BFRO, I was loading a car into my truck when I heard a deep grunt. I turned with my flashlight and looked behind me, and almost 100 feet behind me was an upright walking creature dragging the dead elk the car I was towing it hit down the side of a hill. It was about 40 below zero. I was cold and scared, so I loaded up and got the heck back to town. In a follow-up interview, the witness clarified that there was a full moon on the night of his sighting that aided his view of the Sasquatch. He said the creature, he guessed, was between seven and a half to eight feet in height with brown-graying hair. His shoulders were broad, and the beast had long arms and a big, square, flat face. It used only one hand to drag the elk away by the antlers. The witness shined a light on the creature, and the thing's eyes reflected like those of a deer caught in the headlights. It looked at the man briefly, then continued dragging the elk away. Kalispell's paper, the Daily Interlake, reported in its September 10, 2017 edition on Misty Alibaugh, who reported she had been tracking Sasquatch in Montana for 24 years. The Columbia Falls resident saw Sasquatch when she was 17 years old in 1993. She was with her parents at the time, but the elder Alibaugh's did make a big deal out of the sighting. Misty's mother gasped and asked her daughter if she had seen the hairy man crossing the road, while her father simply told her just let it go, but Mary couldn't let it go. As the paper reports, her father had worked backcountry logging jobs all his life and had seen some odd occurrences through the years that couldn't easily be explained. He had been told if you leave it alone, it will leave you alone. 
And Alibi saw it with her own eyes, and it was like nothing she'd ever seen before, but she knew it was Bigfoot. There's no doubt in my mind, she said. It was on a short hill. You could see the daylight between his arms, his hair lifting in the breeze. Alibi continued to research the topic of Bigfoot as she grew older. While she traveled to other regions to do field research, her main focus has been Montana, specifically the area between Kalispell and Libby. And yeah, I've been up to Libby. There's plenty of Bigfoot up there. Alaba says she has evidence she has collected over the years, including hair, blood, and excrement samples, but she doesn't have the resources to have testing done. Still, she presses on and tries to take a scientific approach. She told the Interlake, if it's what we think, it's something between prehistoric and a mountain gorilla. NBC News Montana reported on the search for Bigfoot in the state on November 1st, 2019. The news spoke with Joe Hauser, owner of the Montana Vortex and House of Mystery, which is right outside Glacier National Park. Hauser told reporters that he certainly believes in Bigfoot. As the story related, Hauser walks the grounds every day. He bought the property to study the electromagnetic anomaly there. And he's the first to tell you weird things happen there. A lot of people come in totally skeptical, and then they leave and go, I don't know what's going on here, but there's definitely something going on here, Hauser said. Just so you guys know, I have, I do know Joe, although I have not been to this property. Several of my friends have been there. And that's their reaction too. Is like I don't, I don't know what's going on there, but that place is really strange. Oh my! Uh, he five, says his interest was sparked. Go ahead. Five minutes ago, Duke. Okay, he said his interest was sparked when he uh, uh, first saw the famous Patterson Gimlin film of Bigfoot in Northern California. Hauser heard some weird screams in 1983 that he believes were Bigfoot, but 22 years later, he had a sighting. This time, he was at Avalanche Lake in Glacier Park with his son. He recalls the incident and says, uh, he looks across the lake and goes, hey, Dad, there's two Bigfoot walking across that snowfield there. And sure enough, big strides, great big arm swings, arms down to their knees, and we had about a five-minute sighting walking across that snowfield. Hauser told the news the creatures will knock on his house at night and that they leave signs of their presence around the property. He's seen the creatures recently as the fall of 2018 on a trail of the vortex. Tourists have also reported Bigfoot in the area. Says Joe, we have lots of sightings here. They're just not reported. We take reports in here almost every week. And this is all over Montana, Georgetown Lake, Anaconda. And people have been having experiences down there for years. Glacier Park has a lot of sightings up there. The BFR received a report from a witness who was riding a snowmobile in Jefferson County, March 9th, 2019. The witness posted the following descriptions. Quote, I was up snowmobiling in the Elkhorns. And I saw a very tall creature about 200 yards away. I'd say the soldier shoulders had to be five feet wide, and it was probably nine feet tall. I watched it for a minute, then I got freaked out and left. The sighting occurred around 12 noon, and two other witnesses were present. In a follow-up on the report, investigators learned that the creature had very dark charcoal or deep gray to black hair. The witness did not see any facial features, but noticed large biceps. After about a minute observation, the witness and his friends left the scene. When they passed by the spot again several hours later, of course, the creature was gone. And it just goes on and on and on and on, and it's all in Montana. Always in Montana. There's no shortage of them here. And the majority of all the Bigfoot reports are from the western third of the state. You don't get a whole lot of them from out on the flats and the big ugly, as we call it. But over here on the mountainside of the state where all the forests are, yeah, they're all just everywhere. It's ridiculous. Same as up here, my man, in British Columbia. The problem is they are the rating hide-and-seek champion for a reason. Yep. 
We got about uh, three minutes to go here before we have to say goodnight. Great stories tonight, Duke. Very good stories. You know, out of all got the, more of the more of the same for next week. So oh, if you guys it. liked it, be more more of that. Love it, absolutely love it from you, Duke. You know, as you the year starts to wind down, are you done with your uh, gifting site or your research site now? Oh yeah, field research season way over with now. I still got some video we haven't put out from the summer that I got to release. And uh, now that I now that I'm done with uh, making sure everything's buttoned down for the winter, I can uh, devote majority of my attention to getting my documentary done and getting that out. Hopefully before Christmas, I should have the uh, prologue part of it done by the end of the month at the very latest. <clears throat> and tomorrow, for anybody that happens to be around in the afternoon, I'm going to be the guest on Paranormal Highway with Eric Wood at like two or three o'clock our time out here on Pacific coast, check the time on his channel on YouTube, paranormal highway. It'll be my first time appearing on there. And he's a really good guy. He also gets out and does field research on ghosts and UFOs and Bigfoot and whatever around his area. It's what it's all about, right? Yep. Sharing the message, sharing the love, sharing the contact of all of these cryptid creatures. Super Duke. Tell us, uh, where we could all find World Bigfoot Radio. Oh, of course, you can find me on Odyssey, Rumble, and BitChute, but you can also find me here on YouTube at World Bigfoot Radio. If you want to contact me, the best way to do that is either via email at worldbigfootcentral at yahoo.com or come over and hang out on my group on MeWe, the censorship-free platform, where I have a group called World Bigfoot Central that just happens to be the biggest Bigfoot group on that platform. If you want to just get updated on when my show comes out, which, by the way, is every Sunday at 8 Central, updates on the show and whatnot are posted over on World Bigfoot TV on Facebook. And the actual field researchers group where they show all their video and evidence, and mine gets showed there too, is Montana Bigfoot Project over on Facebook. So come on over and check it out. Yes, Duke, you are always where the sun is shining and the water is just fine. And that's oh, and I'm on Twitter now, too. <laughs> Super Duke on X. Super Duke. Uh, Elon forced me. He told me I had to go over and join. Duke, I always appreciate your time here on Spaced Out Radio, my man. Thank you so much for being as awesome as you are. I always enjoy being here, guys. Thanks for having me. I'll see you again next Tuesday. Yes. And meanwhile, Robin will be here on Thursday. Yes, Robin McCray, Robin, or pardon me, Robin Haynes. Robin, Robin Haynes, Haynes, Robin Haynes. Look, look, look at she the, can read the thoughts in your brains. You got that right. You got that right. Duke, thank you so much for a great show tonight. Thank you to Geraldine Roscoe for coming on in and bringing us a lot of fun tonight on The Spiritual You, talking about my regression encounter that I had couple of years ago with her still trips me out still trips me out my friends what do you do we got mr ron bumblefoot thaw rocking in the background with little brother is watching bumblefoot is the official music of spaced out radio rocking us in and out of every single show get your horns up for the guitar god himself special thanks to everybody listening in at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. 
YouTube, Twitch, Elgap, Facebook, Spreaker, LinkedIn, X, and on yeah, and on X at Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we got room for them, too. Good night. Hey, Diane. Holiday shopping? All done. Everyone's getting the new iPhone 15 from T-Mobile, and T-Mobile's covering the cost. Plus, I got four lines for $25 a line per month. I got to get to T-Mobile. Get four iPhone 15s on us with eligible trade-in when you switch to T-Mobile. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Walter Brown here. You want to set this calendar reminder, November 18th, put in there, the Mississippi Seawolves' first home game of the season. Join the Mississippi Seawolves for Red Out the Den, November the 18th, and you can go ahead now and choose your preferred seats to make sure you're part of the excitement. That's right. Single game tickets to the Mississippi Seawolves are on sale now at the Coliseum box office or at Ticketmaster.com. November 18th, it's the Mississippi Seawolves back in action at the Mississippi Coast Coliseum.